Well, the haters gonna hate, 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 and the fakers gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 making luck, making luck. A podcast. Welcome to Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. Are we starting? Welcome to Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. I'm Jake. Hey, Jake. How you doing? So this is actually what we're going to use? All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. How are you, Adam? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, this episode is, I think, the longest mini-sode ever, right? Yeah, it's a uh, quote-unquote mini-sode. Uh, so what what makes something a mini-sode, Adam? That we don't do the kingdom at the start and the end. Yeah, the only thing that we're calling a mini-sode is just something we recorded in advance. Uh, and that's <laughs> this, because this is all of our takes on Renaissance right when the set came out, and we weren't allowed to talk about them. Yeah, so I finally got the okay from Donald X, that he's okay for us as playtesters to release our opinions on the cards. And so yep. uh, we recorded this right after the set came out. We actually aired in, in a mini-sode oh. that week so we could record this. And uh, here we are releasing that now as a mini-sode. Nice. Now, I, I want to give some caveats to this. Yeah. Uh, this was right when the set came out. Bear in mind, our if we did this episode again today, uh, it would be very different. This was like nobody – we hadn't really had much like competitive experience with the cards other than like what we could – playtest IRL against each other. So yeah, mind, almost all are, that was three player games too. Uh, a lot of them were, we played some two player as well yeah. though. Uh, yeah. So like a lot of these are, are quite hot in terms of takeage. Yeah. There are, uh, there are four cards, card shaped objects that I would change the ratings of. I was actually surprised at how little that was, but uh, you know, I would do some things different, but you know, these are the first impressions. And at the start of next episode, along with the kingdom we did from last time, uh, we'll address what those changes are, but I don't want to do it here because this episode's already really long. Yeah. Yeah. So again, enjoy the hot takes and us just going through the set. Bear in mind that uh, many of our opinions may have changed in next episode. We're going to summarize anything from last episode that was just totally off base in our opinion as of today. Yeah. And importantly, like, let us know what you think. Like, if you think a take was particularly hot, let us know. Uh, It's very possible we would agree with you. But, uh, you know, I still want to know about it. Uh, and yeah, I think, totally. you know, we'll, we'll address some of the popular opinions or maybe the hotter takes. Uh, we'll, we'll take care of that start the next episode. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, in the meantime, we hope you enjoy this one. It is quite long, but, uh, these episodes are always, I think, pretty interesting when a new set comes out, we yes. get to just, uh, go through and talk about it in the scope of dominion. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. uh, you know, hit us kind up. Like a state of the union address. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like that. <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's frighteningly similar now that I think about it. So so anyway, uh, you know, hit us up and go to adamhorton.com, find links to all sorts of stuff. Leave a comment in the comment section, discord forums, all of that stuff. Let us know what you think. We hope you like the episode and we'll see you next week. All right. I'm ready to do the actual intro now. Now that we're, was that? Yep. All right. Nice. Hey everybody. Uh, I am Jake and with me always is Parker. And yep, that's that's baby Adam for anybody who is not uh, versed in in Adam's life. But with me here is Adam as well. Hey, uh, I'm holding currently the uh, Dominion World Champion for 2035, 
He's going to join us as a special guest, uh, co-host on this episode of Making Luck, a Dominion podcast. Yeah. It's kind of weird to think about that just being a tiny person. And also the fact that in your arms you're carrying your biological purpose for life. But anyway. One of my biological purposes for life. Well, that's the main thing that you're here driven to do physically, right? Scientifically. Uh, one of one of the, yeah, it's yeah. on that list. And it might be at the top of the list. I haven't really thought about it to be Well, age. if we want to rank them top ten, actually we could rank them on a scale of one to ten. Zero speaking, to ten, Jake. Right, zero to ten. <laughs> so speaking of that, we're going to be talking about the Renaissance expansion on this episode of Making Luck. And we're not going to be able to release it right away because these are our hot takes. And we are uh, not quite allowed to to put these out yet, but by the time you hear these, we will have become a little older and a little wiser with these cards. But in the meantime, is it hot in here, or is it just these takes? <laughs> that was good. Although, I just want to point out that um, I don't really anticipate being wrong about anything I'm about to say. So, I mean, I think... Uh, this is just solid gold, at least my ratings. Now, if your ratings are different than mine, obviously they're going to be incorrect and factually wrong. But By, by that, the margin of w by which they're off, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Because because 0 to 10 power level yeah, means so much. Dominion cards. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing, is rating these from 0 to 10. We're going to go through every card in the set, and... We should talk a little bit about what it means when we rate a card the way yeah. we rate it. Yeah, it's just so we're not throwing numbers out in the air. Just... Well, I mean, that really is all we're doing, right? Yeah. Like, this is completely subjective. Sure. And, like, uh, Jake and I have talked at length about what this rating scale actually means. <laughs> we we certainly sure. have talked at length about it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I feel like what I rate a 10 is mostly what Jake rates a 9. Like, pretty much yeah. all of what he calls a 9 is what I would call a 10. Like, we... We talk about the card, and we agree about the card, but he calls that a 9, and I call it a 10. So keep that in mind, whatever well, that means. Yeah, so like the thing is that when I'm rating these cards from uh, 0 to 10, uh, what it means to me is that the average card in Dominion, the expected value that I get when I, spe when I spend at a certain price point and get a card, is a 5 to me. I'm not trying to normalize it on a bell curve, but but you it, are well. But it's going to natural. <laughs> it's going to produce a natural a bell curve that way because that's what I think the average the average of impact of a Dominion card is. And if the average impact of a Dominion card moved to the right, that would just be the new five. So that's that's Six what it is to me. Five. Like in general, by my rating system, the all cards should be mostly fives. So. For me, a 10 is, like, as good as a Dominion card can be. A 10 is, like, Donate, or uh, King's Court, or Goons. Those... <laughs> or maybe not King's Court. Well, maybe that's uh, that's <laughs> subjective, yeah. So, I mean, all of this is. But, uh, Adam, maybe you want to talk a little bit about... Oh, so, you know, we talk about my rating system is, is basically based on 5, and then that's average. So anything that has distinguished itself beyond 5 or below 5, that's where I start thinking about these things. Sure. I, I would say that, uh, I don't know, I, like, I would assign like a phrase to yeah. each sort of number, and I, I've done this uh, in the polls that I've conducted of uh, you know having a lot of people rate things from 0 to 10, whatever that means. Yeah. And so like a 10 is just 
game warping. It completely makes all of the strategy and tactics revolve around that card. Yeah. Uh, a nine is like, this is really good. It's going to play a big role in pretty much any deck and enables lots of decks. And then like sevens are, you know, this has a lot of synergies. And then fives are like, well, this is okay in most decks or maybe pretty good in a few decks. And then, you know, you get farther down and threes are like, uh, well, this isn't great. And when you when it's better than not getting it, it's not that much. And then ones and zeros are like, this card bet. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think there are any zeros left in Dominion after 2nd edition, right? I, I By either of our scales. I, I I will redact the zero that I gave Night Watchman from Nocturne. <laughs> it's not oh, a right. zero. Oh, right, you gave Night Watchman a zero. I, I think, um... I, and I I'm would gonna give call... Transmute a one, actually, so... Yeah, yeah I'm gonna call uh, Harvest a zero. Actually, wait, anyway, Navigator, I think, might be a zero. Well, anyway, so none of this <laughs> is important, because none of those are from... <laughs> Uh, Renaissance, but uh, so that we can get into Renaissance, uh, we are going to first talk about the Kingdom cards, and any Kingdom cards that have a relic, we're going to talk about the relic with it, and then we're going to talk about the projects. That's right. Yeah. Sorry, Parker was getting a little bit excited, but now now it's good. He's good. Yeah, so uh, the first card that we have is called Acting Troop, and Acting Troop is really simple and straightforward. It just says, plus four villagers, and trash this. Now, what are villagers? Uh, villagers are these tokens that you get. They're a little bit like coffers or, or coin tokens, except that they can be spent on actions the way that coffers can be spent on dollars. So you save them between turns, and it's a village effect. Hence, villagers. Yeah, I want to point out that every single card that gives you a villager, no matter how it gives you that villager, that's a village. Because yeah. just having a villager token gives you the village effect. You can play more than one terminal action in a turn because you have that token. And that's important because, like, even if it's hard to get that villager, uh, you're still doing it, and the villager gives you that effect. And, and I want to say that it's like even stronger than like having the card village in your deck, because you can have that action whenever you want. You're never going to waste it. You don't have to draw it with something else. I know Parker is getting upset just thinking about that. Uh, but it's really strong. Like Just like how coffers are really strong compared to coins. Uh, the same thing with villagers. Alright, buddy. So yeah, Acting Troop. What'd you yeah. give it, Jake? Uh, so I gave Acting Troop a five. Uh, I think that Acting Troop... <laughs> it's okay, buddy. Here you go. I think uh, Acting Troop is average in terms of uh, what, a th what I expect a three cost to do when I buy it. So the thing about Villagers is that normally... Before you shove a bunch of terminal payload in the deck and you start having these amazing turns, you need to build enough deck control to line it up with your villages and have the villages in it. But the villager tokens have this special property, kind of like Coin of the Realm, of not really needing to be able to collide with the terminal payload that you're trying to enable with it. So you get to build your deck out of order a little bit, I find, when you have access to these villager tokens. Um, so it's it's pretty good to be able to do that. It's tricky with Acting Troop, though, because you do have to buy it and then shuffle it in and then play it, whereas you're going to find later there are some of these that will give you these villagers 
uh, more immediately so that you can over-terminal more freely. So you can't you can't quite go nuts with Acting Troop the way you can with some of these other ones we're going to talk about, but I'd say it's a pretty good village. I'm giving it a 5 out of 10, even though it's only uh, useful the one time after you buy it. So, yeah, I gave this a 7 out of 10. Most villages I give, like, a 7 or an 8. And, you know, this isn't a village because it has it's limited use. On the other hand, uh, I think it's still really good. Like, just spending an extra three in a buy on this every once in a while and then having to draw it every once in a while like i would say in exchange for the flexibility of having villagers instead of like a card that you have to line up with stuff it's really good seven out of ten yeah uh sounds good cool. so uh the next card is going to be border guard and maybe adam you want to read this one sure uh it gives you it's a two cost and it gives you plus one action it says reveal the top two cards of your deck put one into your hand and discard the other if both were actions, take the lantern or the horn. And so the lantern and horn are both artifacts that you can get. So you could have both of them potentially. Uh, it's not like they're on different sides of the same card or anything. So uh, you get to pick which one you take. Uh, let's, let's do it with the horn. So the horn says once per turn, when you discard a border guard from play, you may put it onto your deck. Uh, so you get to scheme one border guard. Uh, and then lantern says your border guards reveal three cards and discard two, and then there's the clause about it takes all three of them being actions to take the horn. So all of them have to be actions in order to get the other one. Uh, both of these are, you know, minor little improvements on your border guards if you have the artifacts. And I don't think that the artifacts are really a big part of border guard. I, I mean, yeah. there are a lot of the text of border guard, but <laughs> I don't think that they're actually a big part of what the card does. Now, when you talk about a two-cost card... You really, a lot of the time, are talking about using a spare buy on it. Usually, really, what a two what a two cost card costs is a buy. It's not really the money that you're spending. It's just you buy this because you have a buy lying around and you didn't have the money to afford whatever five to whatever cost you actually wanted. So, as far as those cards go, the the value you need to get out of a two cost really just needs to be more than nothing, and. I think that this one's a little ahead of, ahead of the curve in that respect. This is a non-trivial amount of deck control that you're getting. You think about the fact that you get to look at two cards and uh, choose which one to go into your hand. That's uh, the cycling effect of, of drawing two cards. Obviously, you don't get the other to draw two cards literally, but it's, I think, pretty powerful in terms of two-cost cards. Yeah, like if you're going to ask, what does this card actually do for me? The answer to that question is cycling. So we have the whole episode on cycling, where the whole yeah. point is you want to play your best cards more often, and ideally the border guard reveals a good card and a bad card, or you know one card that's better than the other card, and so you get to skip the bad card. If you have like maybe seven coppers and three estates in your deck, maybe some decks out sure. there do that. Uh, you know you have a few border guards, and you get to skip a lot of these coppers and estates, and you get to find your good cards instead, and you get to play them more often. And so it's, that's what this is doing for you. And it the thing is that it it's doing that all game, and I mean I know that you could kind of say that about any card you buy, but the it's actually a really non-trivial amount of value that you get out of this one two-cost buy. I think that any board where you don't need to hit five or six really quickly. Which is not most boards, don't get me wrong. You want to hit five a lot of the time. But, like, I think you open with this. 
pretty mm. commonly because you you have some other card you want to play like a, a junking attack or a trasher and the silver is nice because it helps you hit five to six but if that's not a priority i think you take a border guard instead and be pretty happy about it that's not really the way i evaluate it so like maybe you're right but that's not how i get there the okay. way i get there is i ask myself uh well if i'm gonna consider opening with the card then the other thing i'm opening with better be really stinking good yeah Sure. Like, uh, so I'm talking like about, a, like, a Masquerade or a Jack of All Trades. I was just going to say Jack of All oh, Trades. Oh, were you really? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to... Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. I'll high-five the baby. Yeah, good call. Nice. Yeah, all right. So, uh, so you can... I mean, you can evaluate it that way, but m- more I'm thinking, like, if there's not <clears throat> trashing, if I can't get rid of those coppers and estates, then if I get a lot of border guards, it can yeah. sort of mitigate that. It can act as almost as good as trashing. Yeah, kind which... Of. Which speaks to how good at cycling this card is for its cost, too, because usually when you're talking about using cycling instead of trashing, you're talking about really intensive cycling uh, to be able to get the same effect. Yeah, I but, would uh, I would rather have some border guards in my deck than a Sage, for example. Yeah. no, I think I this does a better job than yeah. Sage. Actually, I think a lot of the time I might like, buy this over Sage. I mean, it depends on a lot, obviously. I think Sage is slightly better than the opening, but sure. past that, I give me some border guards, man. Yeah, no, and the other thing is that the, it does have these relics that can make it a little bit better. Um, Which one do you think is better, the horn or the lantern? Uh, I think it's the horn, and I don't think it's close. I don't think the lantern is that fantastic. Like, yeah, it's fine, but like the horn is actually good, so, and the lantern is just kind of there. Well, I mean, the, the thing is that by the time you get these... Your deck is so action dense that it kind of implies you need that deck control a little less. So these both make Border Guard a little better at keeping your deck consistent. But if you reveal two actions with your Border Guard, I'm not saying it never happens where you wouldn't benefit from these. But like I said, these are not really what the card does. I think that Border Guard is mostly about the thing that it just says on the card, and then these relics are a little bit of cherry on top. Uh, also, I, I do want to say the art's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually seeing the art for most of these for the first time as we're looking at them. Look at her. Uh, this one has a girl in it, so uh, yeah. that's, you know, I guess more and, common these days than it used to be in Dominion. And she's not Hashtag like... Hashtag me too. She's not like some concubine lady. She's like got a sword and she has a horn and she's like in the dark here and she's, I don't know, whispering a command oh, or something. Oh, is that the... That's the same... That's the same, yeah, it's the same lady, lady in Lantern. Yeah, I didn't cool. even think about that. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty so, sweet. Art, I'm going to give uh, an 8 out of 10. Oh, I gave Border Guard 5 out of 10. Oh, yeah, I gave it a 6. I think this card is above average, so it gets a 6. Well, there you go. I And you know what? Like The fact that we rated these one different, or Jake rated it one <laughs> higher than me... Yeah, we think it's the same card. We just have different rating systems Yeah, like that, yeah. that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, we could be two apart and not have any fundamental disagreements on the card. Yeah, so, totally. Like, I don't really think we're saying anything different here, but I gave it a 5, and Jake gave it a 6. Yeah. Whee! I think it's about average. Adam thinks it's just average. He hates no, Border Guard. Five so, out of cargo does ship. not mean average. Uh, we have the Cargo <laughs> Ship, which is an action duration. That's right. This set brings back duration cards. They kind and, of all have since Adventures. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, um, it gives you plus two coins, and it costs three. So, cost three gives you plus two coins. Once this turn, when you gain a card... You may set it aside, face up, on this. At the start of your next turn, put it into your hand. 
Now, I think that this is super strong. I am just going to not bury the lead here. I gave this a 7. And if you remember, like each each one above 5 for me is like a, a standard deviation in value above what I expect the card to do. This is a really high-value purchase. I think that opening with this is going to be super common and super powerful. So I gave it a 6. And uh, I want to point out... So, like, as of this moment, as of this morning when we're recording this, I opened up a poll of people's, so people could respond and give their first impressions of the Renaissance cards. And I've taken a look at the people who have responded within, like, you know, ten hours or so after I put the thing up. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, is not a very good sample size, and a lot of these people are only seeing, like, they, they saw cargo ship for the first time, like, a minute before they filled it out. So, like... This doesn't mean much, but the ratings for cargo ship that I've seen so far are lower than what I think this is. A lot of people are giving this like a three or something. It's This is super powerful. This is definitely better than a three. So the upside is you open with this card, you play it on turn three or turn four, you hit five, you buy a fiver, and you get to play the fiver next turn. It's better than top decking it because you don't right. even have to draw it next turn. You just six card in and the fiver's in it. Yeah, super great. So the other thing is, one, obviously opening with a silver, a terminal silver even, is usually a pretty good thing to do because it helps you hit five to six. And like Adam said, it lets you uh, get that cycling effect to that five to six cost immediately. I think that it's good for a, it's good in the opener for a lot of the same reasons that gear is good in the opener. And we all know how amazing gear is. I know that this is a different card. It does different things. But it kind of strikes me as this weird hybrid between gear and develop that doesn't draw cards or trash cards. <laughs> yeah, but, so it's just like that. Yeah, it's just like that. It's, it's but a gear develop. The, the fact that you get to, for this super low opportunity cost, what, the way I draw a connection to develop is that it's got this really low opportunity cost that uh, whatever else you would open with, you could just open with this instead and then have that thing for next turn. You could buy it if you really need it. So the fact that you get to just play it next turn it's so versatile and really ahead of the fact uh, of the pack as far as terminal silvers go i think that opening with this is going to be something is going to be a pretty standard move i think that not opening with this is going to need to have some compelling reason like maybe you could open with gear or maybe you got to open with something else that's really powerful instead. I, I think the other, the main reason why you wouldn't open with this card and wouldn't get this card is if your terminal space is really tight. If I'm going to open with sure. another terminal, I'm going to feel less good about opening with Cargo Ship if I care more about playing that other terminal. Yeah. Right? Now, maybe it was a trasher and I don't care and I get the Cargo Ship anyway. But if terminal space is going to be tight, which it is, a lot of games, then a Cargo Ship is going to get a little less good. On sure. the other hand, this it's weight in terms of terminal space in a lot of cases. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that you could get to play a 5-cost action on turn 4 when you didn't open 5-2, that's really... Really good. That's really strong, indeed. Really stinking good. Uh, a lot of the time, you talk about like how some games feel like they're won or lost on the opener because the an opponent gets a 5-2 or whatever. Like This just completely mitigates that, 100%. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Five percent. Yeah. So, um, I think that this is really strong. I think it's well above the curve in terms of three cost cards and terminal silvers. So, I gave it a seven out of ten. Sweet. Uh, which you end up. I gave it a six. I, I six. Yeah. All right. 
Cool. So uh, next up, we have uh, uh, what's this card again? Uh, okay, I guess I'll read this stupid thing. So I'm not really a fan of it. Anyway, this is Ducate. It's a two cost treasure. Yeah. It gives you zero dollars when you play it, but it gives you coffers and a buy. And then it says when you gain this, you may trash a copper from your hand. Uh, let uh, me let me just um, let me just get this right out in the open. Donald has alluded to a certain play tester that really doesn't like this card. Hi. <laughs> it's me. And and like the the thing is like the card is fine, right? Because it's candlestick maker. And candlestick maker is fine. But it's candlestick maker, man. Like I understand that this is yellow and candlestick maker is in action. And I understand that I can make an exhaustive list of all the ways that they're different. But in I don't freaking care. Yeah. I don't um, I don't care. <laughs> like we had an opportunity with this set to make a card that has coffers and, and give something new to the people in the expansion. And instead, you're getting another candlestick maker. Is that bad for the game? No. Candlestick maker's a fine card, and if it shows up twice as often, great. Good times. GG. On the other hand, this could have been something else that was unique, and there were a lot of ideas. And, and the reasons for this being in the set over any one of those, I'm not going to get into. If Donald chooses to share them, you can read The Secret History. I don't think they hold any water. I think the game would be better if we had a different card than this. With that said, uh, this has an ability that Candlestick Maker doesn't have. You get to trash a copper when you buy the card, or gain the card, uh, which is really, really great. And also, uh, the fact that this is a treasure makes it better than a non-terminal action. I know people, uh, that, that point is up for debate, and I understand there are cases where that's not true, where you'd rather have a non-terminal action. However, overall... Being a treasure is much better than being a non-terminal action. Draw to X is highly overrated. It's not good. There we go. I've got it all off my chest. What did I give Duckett? Your head is blocking the ratings here. Uh, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Great. Good times. I'm done talking about this stupid card. So, I don't mind Duckett with the same passion that Adam seems to mind it. I do, Very special. I do have a very similar opinion to his, so... I on Duckett, I agree pretty much with everything he said, uh, with the caveat that I don't feel quite as strongly about it. Parker agrees too. Yeah, you tell him, Parker. <laughs> so the, you know, yeah, this is basically Candlestick Maker Part Two, Electric Boogaloo. But the card itself, I mean, let's just evaluate that. I think it's below average in general, like even among two cost cards. Uh, coffers are good, and buys are good, and uh, the fact that this could be a candlestick maker that doesn't take up a spot in your deck by trashing a copper to make way for itself is good, but that effectively would cost three, not two, and that competes with silver, and there are going to be times when you would want this over silver before the buy is relevant just because the coffers are good for smoothing and spiking, but I think that's super rare. I think that the main use case for this is when you care about the cost of cards in your deck, that you just want zero-cost cards out of your deck and things to cost two instead. Really? I think the main use case is if you care about a buy. Right. I mean, that's going to be a thing, too, but I don't know. I think that this card is below average by uh, a fair margin, so I give it a three out of ten. What would you give Candlestick Maker out of ten? Uh, probably about a three. Oh, no way. Okay, great. Can we yeah. move on to the next one now, please, and thank you. Yes, we can. Good so, times. The next card is Experiment, and Experiment is a three-cost action. 
uh, and it reads plus two cards and plus one action, and return this to the supply. When you gain this, you gain another experiment, and that one doesn't then come with another experiment, so it doesn't chain infinitely, but whenever you gain this in any way, uh, you actually get two. But with the caveat that this is a lab that uh, you only get to use once. Sure. Um, what did I give this thing? A six out of ten. Woo! Six out of ten. So Adam thinks it's above average. I actually give it a four out of ten. I, I think it's a little bit below average. I think that when, it's... When you say, I think it's above average, that's not what I'm saying. I think the average for Dominion cards is higher than a five, just for the record. So I think that this is pretty good for those uh, boards or those decks where you want to get to a big hand uh, like one time because you want to set up a big mint or you want to get to trash two estates with trade or set up your forge or cemetery, what have you. Uh, And outside of that, there's this fun new variant on what we call the Village Idiot. (laughs) <laughs> uh, which is which is the guy who just buys a bunch of villages and doesn't realize he's not doing anything. I think that you can really easily do that with Experiment 2. I saw a lot of people doing this during Preview Week. You just buy a bunch of experiments and, and you don't you realize... six and two buys. What are yeah, you going to get? Bunch of experiments. You don't realize right. that your deck isn't going anywhere in the, in the process. So, um, yeah, I, I gave this a below average 4 out of 10. And not saying... Obviously, it's a really good card while it's in your deck. I'm saying that spending $3 to get this for a turn or two turns or whatever is a below average investment. So that's what I'm saying, 4 out of 10. So I think the comparison to Expedition is appropriate to make. Sure. Because it costs you 3 and a buy, and then uh, you end up drawing two extra cards. And I think in general, this is worse than Expedition. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I think Expedition's better. Yes, yeah, I think it definitely you, is. You get it on demand. You don't have to shuffle the expedition into your deck and then, and then hope to draw it. Right yeah, away, you get you know? to time the expedition with when you know your card is coming up. That yeah. the big hand. And I understand this is different, right? Like you can gain this with a workshop, and that gets card seduction. And I don't have to get hit really hard by militia attack. I understand it's different. And for a while, I was kind of salty about this one the same way as Ducket. But then I was like, you know, this is just a kingdom card, like. Not every card in the set is going to have coffers. We're not, like, missing an yeah. opportunity to do anything better. And Experiment's fun, right? I mean, Expedition yeah, is a fun event. Experiment is a fun card. You buy it over silver when you don't want a million silvers in your deck. And maybe you want to draw some cards. It's a good time. Yeah, Six totally. out of ten. That's right, Parker. You tell him. You let him know. Yeah, so the next card that we're going to have is Flag Bearer. Uh, could you read that one? Yeah, we got this. So, Flag Bearer is a four-cost action that gives plus two dollars, and that's all it does. It just gives plus two dollars. But when you gain or trash this, and that's important, gain or trash, take the flag. What does the flag say? The flag says that when you are drawing your hand, plus one card. So, it is... An effective hireling for most intents and purposes. <laughs> uh, you get to draw an extra card every turn, and obviously, if you're getting discard attacked, it's worse. Whatever, uh, but you uh, will see this passing from player to player as they gain and trash flag bearers. Uh, so, what do you think about this card, Adam? Uh, well, I gave it a five out of ten. Uh, I think this is a really fun card, 
and I think having the flag and just letting your opponent keep the flag without contesting them on it, well, that's certainly really good, but in reality, like, um, you know, the flag's going to pass around, you won't have it all the time, and when you have it, you're going to be really happy that you have it. And uh, then you're going to have all of these flag bearers in your deck, and hopefully you can right. trash those things. Right, that's the thing, is that you the flag bearer is obviously not a good card. It's supposed to be a bad card. It's supposed to be a below-average weak card because it comes with the flag, and that's part of what it does. And then the opponent, uh, you buy a flag bearer, and then the opponent buys a flag bearer, and you both have this bad card in your deck, but... Uh, now he's got the flag, so it's like, what do you do? Do you get another flag bearer? Do you try to trash yours? I think that there are going to be plenty of times when you're fine with putting this in your deck just so you can draw an extra card next turn. Uh, so you realize that you've got uh, six cards left in your draw pile, and one of them is your steward, and you want to turn that uh, non-zero chance of that steward missing the shuffle into a zero chance of the steward missing a shuffle. So you take the flag bearer, and you, maybe you get to keep the flag, and you're fine with it. I think that uh, this can be kind of a trap, because fighting over the flag can lead to a situation like what Adam was alluding to, where both players are, are just trying to get this flag, and then they have a bunch of flag bearers in a deck that doesn't do a whole lot, no matter how many cards it draws. <laughs> so you need to be kind of judicious about it. All those caveats aside, I think that when this is used purposefully and mindfully, I think it's a little above average. I gave it a six, uh, just because the flag is pretty good. Sweet. Yeah. Next. Next up, we have Hideout. All right, this bad boy is a four-cost action. Gives you a card and two actions, just like a village. And it says, trash a card from your hand. If it's a victory card, gain a curse. So the trash is mandatory. In order to get your village effect, you need to have something you're okay with trashing. Uh, also, this thing is not very good at trashing estates, because it you know needs two times, basically, to do it. Right. But it's a lot better trashing coppers, because the coppers just gonzo right away. Uh, I gave hideout an eight. Uh, so I gave hideout a six. Uh, oh, true. Wow. I think Hideout is pretty good. I think it's above average, but I do want to say some things about it. Um, first off, I want to say some good things about it. This art is amazing. This, like, Van Helsing dude looks like he's going to screw you up. That looks pretty but, cool. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever seen that art. Yeah, I know. Right me now. too. So, at a glance, I want to say that this card looks a little stronger than it is. And it is strong. Don't get me wrong. It does two things that you want to do pretty much every game. It gives you a village effect, and it lets you trash cards. But I think it's actually kind of bad at both of those, because you want those at such different phases of the game that using hideout is awkward. If you have some way to trash estates along with your hideout, this is pretty good. But we have to remember that at the beginning of the game, of course, copper's the best card in your deck. You still want to trash it, but... You have to have some way to get rid of the estates as well so your deck doesn't get so much worse. So, like, you could really be hurting your econ by going for this. And, man, if you open with this as your trasher, I'm not saying that's bad, but you better not care about hitting five anytime soon. So you said you give this a six. Yeah. Uh, what would you give most villages, like regular village? What would you give regular village? Regular village, I give a five. Okay, regular... so you give this slightly higher than most villages. Yes, it, it's I give not... most villages a seven. And yeah, I gave this an 8. So, like, this is good as far as villages go, even though yeah. the trashing is required. Like, I do want to give those caveats that this looks like a more powerful card than it is because it does trash, and it's a village, and you can get it so early uh, because of how much anti-synergy those, those effects have at the phase in the game when you can get this. 
but yeah, like it's a little bit awkward, but but like, it's still, it's still thin, good. It's still a village, and it's still thin and copper. So yeah, it's above average, six out of ten. Cool. All right, buddy. There you go. Uh, next up, we have a card called Improve. Now this card is pretty interesting. It has some uh, pretty divisive opinions, and by divisive, I mean it's got a little bit of a cult following. I find like people. Seems to be a, a group of people who are really into this card and think it's it's amazing. Some other playtesters I know are really into Improve and think it's one of the best cards in the set. Yeah. Uh, why don't we read it first? Uh, so okay, yeah, I'll do it. So it's a three cost action, gives you two dollars, and yep. then it says at the start of cleanup you may trash an action card you would discard from play this turn to gain a card costing exactly one more than it. So you could improve the improve itself into a four cost, exactly a four cost. Or if you played like maybe a non-terminal, like a, a poacher, and then an improve, you could choose to turn the poacher into a fiver if you wanted to do that. Uh, I gave improve a three out of ten, and out of all the cards in the set, three is the lowest ranking that I gave any card. I think twos, ones, and zeros are... Um, Maybe not the best thing for the game at this point. Sure. So, uh, I mean, Improve, I, I think it's a fine card. I think it's good for the game. I just don't think it's very powerful because it's really hard to get this to do really cool stuff. Uh, I actually give it a five. I think it's average. This does about what I would expect a three-cost action to do. Uh, it is allowing you to effectively open 4-4 four, four, as long as you don't need to play both four costs the next shuffle. It's, I know it's a weird way to put it. But I think, I think that's, like, really narrow and doesn't actually work. Well, I think that the most common use case you're going to see for this is uh, when you want a silver in your deck, but you want the silver because you want to hit five or six, but then you want the silver to disappear. So, like, you could put an actual silver in the deck that's there forever or that you have to trash, or you could put this in the deck that helps you hit five or six and then it's gone. And then you don't have a stop card in the way of your five to six costs that you're drawing. So I think that's going to be the most common use case for it i think that sounds really great i think there's an additional requirement that like you need to be happy opening with a terminal card along with whatever four costs you sure so want to open with yeah that's true so you also need that i mean i think that like it's also going to be pretty good when kingdoms where that have a fours that you want a lot of which are not rare We're, we've got like caravan and magpie and yeah, the non-terminal ones like those are the ones yeah. that really jump out at me exactly and then, of course, you've also uh, got some wonky synergies that you can be looking for, like uh, Fortress and uh, cards that do... And Silk Merchant, which is later in the set. And then there are these cards that uh, do really good stuff for you the first few times you play them, and then maybe you're done with them. Like, we're talking about Spice Merchant, and uh, maybe Junk Dealer, and sometimes Jack of All Trades. Uh, hey, now. Sometimes. Thank you. And, and cards that you... When you have those synergies... I'm going to say uh, that this is closer to a 6. This is above average in that case. But without those, it's a little below average uh, because, you know, the disappearing silver thing, it's not that great. So uh, this averages out to me 5. This is good some of the time. All right. Well, uh, I think there's... I mean, I definitely think this is pretty far below average if you're going to call it that. I mean, from my mind, as I said earlier... Uh, average is higher than five with the current sure. state of Dominion. So, like, I think this is a decent amount below average. So there, there is a disagreement here between Jake and I. Jake yeah. thinks the card's okay, and That's I think fine. the card's not very strong. All right, fair enough. Yeah. 
Moving uh, on. Now, that, I think we both agree this card is a little bit stronger, yeah? This is bonker sauce, yeah. Inventor. Yeah, this is really good. Uh, so, Inventor is a four-cost action that says gain a card costing up to four, then cards cost one less this turn, but not less than zero. So it's kind of got the bridge effect, and it's like got the bridge wording too. So it's so just, you can it throne does, room it, yeah. right? It doesn't say while well, this is in play. It's the instance of playing the card is what causes the cost reduction. So like Adam said, you can throne it whenever that matters. Yeah, yeah. This is really powerful. This is busted. I gave it nine out of ten. <laughs> Super good payload. This is this is a a card that can be your win condition to play a bunch of. I think it's, it's a lot like bridge in terms of like, oh, I want to have a mega turn with this. Yeah. I want to gain all the provinces because I made them cost not a lot and then gain them with inventor. And like, yes, that is a thing you can do. Rules clarification, by the way, the cost reduction occurs after you do the gaining. So yeah, you, first you still inventor, you gain a four cost. Yeah. And then, and then the second one, you can gain a normal five cost. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, it's kind of like bridge in that it's got this mega turn win condition potential, but it's a little bit worse at that because it's gaining as you go. You can't just use it all after you've done the cost reduction. But well, it's good at helping you build that deck in the meantime. So I like, wouldn't even say it's worse at mega turning than than inventor. Like if yeah. my goal is to get all eight provinces in one turn, yes, inventor is worse at that. Yeah. However, if I play five bridges, I mean, I might not be able to get more than like two provinces. But if I play five inventors. I might. I'm going to be able to get a lot more uh, value in terms of like what I put in my deck. Uh, so like playing a smaller number of inventors and having like some smaller really good turns. Yeah, is a lot more viable with inventor. Where bridge is like um, the kind the, of all in. Yeah, like once it gets good, it's like oh well, the game is now over, and mm. until this point, I have been struggle bussing. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that 100. percent It's a little. Bit if we're comparing it to Bridge, and I think that's an apt comparison because I think that's the closest thing. I think that it is a little bit worse at literally winning you the game, but a little bit better at building your deck up to that point, and it can do both. Yeah, like this is a, it's a workshop, right? Game yeah. something cost another four. In terms of workshop with a bonus, right? Uh, you know yeah. those four cost workshops, or even the five cost workshops with a bonus. In terms of that. Uh, this bonus is mm-hmm. real stinking good. I gave this a 7 out of 10, which, again, if you remember, is well above average for me. So that is... I think that this is very strong. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you gave it a 9, right? Yeah, so yeah. there really isn't a huge disconnect. Yeah. So uh, we both think this is real good. This is very good payload. Very good card. This card can be your win condition a lot of the time on the board. You need to be looking at it when you uh, evaluate a kingdom. For sure. And, and I think that happens more often than it does with Bridge. Sure, yeah. In my humble opinion. Well, I think it'll be relevant more often, because, like, when Bridge isn't your win condition, a lot of the time you just don't buy it, because it's good at winning you the game and not that great at doing a whole lot else, whereas this can win you the game, it's not that great at winning you the game, but it's really good at doing a lot of other stuff that the, the Bridge can do. It's got that Swiss Army knife type feel. Sure. Yeah. So, Lackeys! Uh, this is a two-cost action. Uh, it gives you plus two cards, and then when you gain it, you get plus two villagers. Pretty simple. Yeah, uh, it's pretty simple and uh, pretty good. I think it's, it's again, when we talk about these two-cost cards, 
a lot of the time we're talking about things that you spend a spare buy on. Um, I think that maybe this is a little bit of an exception because I could see you buying this uh, instead of something else that you wanted. So um, I gave this a 7 out of 10. What would you give it, by the way? I gave it a 5. I think that in the end this turns out to be average. I think that it's a bad card once it's in your deck, but the gaining villagers on demand is powerful enough to make this uh, pretty good anyway. Yeah, getting villagers on gain is really, really stinking good. It is really, really good. And that's a lot of the reason I gave this so much. First of all, I think two cards for $2, like, that's fine. Yeah, like, the, Plus two cards is, is a fine card. There, I don't think it's all that bad. There are actually quite a few kingdoms, thinking back, where I've bought moat just to draw cards with moat because it was the only draw and it was worth doing. Sure, and I mean, Lackeys is, is definitely a lot better than Moat. I mean, it's it's not well, it's, fantastic. It's a different card, want, yeah. You don't want, like, ten of these cards in your deck unless, you know, you've got <laughs> all the villagers in the world to play them, but hey, you have 20 of them if you got ten Lackeys, right? I think where Lackeys gets really good is uh, where you can trash the Lackeys yeah. productively, right? Sure. You get the on-gain benefit and then uh, maybe remodel it into something else. That feels really good. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty good indeed. I think that uh, the, well, one for one thing, I want to say I really like this card. I think that I have a lot of fun with this card, and I had a lot of fun in playtesting with this card, experimenting with the idea that your deck kind of gets quote unquote addicted to it yeah. because you get these uh, villagers on gain, and then you have this these crappy terminals in your deck that you need a bunch of villagers to fuel. For sure, so, I actually remember like even previous versions of this card. Uh, were also really fun. Yeah. But the way it ended up, especially tying in with what <clears throat> ended up being the villagers mechanic, like, this is... It's a really fun card. It's really good for the game. And uh, I, I guess I want to point out that, like, it gives yeah. you villagers, so it is a village, right? This card is a village. Because yeah. Because that's what it is. <laughs> and uh, it's a good village because villagers are a really good village. Hi, buddy. Yeah, they definitely are. Uh, I think that that lackeys is a pretty strong card all in all. Uh, just be when I say pretty strong, I mean like five out of ten. I give it a five out of ten. I give it about average, even though it's a bad card for the deck. Uh, being able to get villagers when you need them is just such a strong tactic to have access to. It like again, it lets you build your deck out of order. Normally, before you put a bunch of terminal payload into the deck and start having these amazing turns, you have got to um, you've got to uh, get the deck control together and get the villages, and then have the ability to line the villages up with the terminals. Whereas this just kind of lets you put the payload in immediately and get greedy knowing that you can track your deck and get the lackeys to have those turns when you need them. Yeah, I gotta tell you, that's a really strong way to build your deck. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it's tough to understate, like, or it's tough to overstate how good it is to build your deck that way. Like, if I if I smell a terminal collision coming on, I'm just yeah. gonna get lackeys, and I'm fine. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, would you end up giving it again? Seven. Seven? All right. Sounds good. Uh, the next card we have is Mountain Village. Yep. So, Mountain Village is a four-cost action that says plus two actions. You know, sure enough, it says Village on it. Uh, you look through your discard pile and put a card from it into your hand. 
if you can't do that, because there are no cards in your discard pile, presumably, uh, plus one card. So, if you don't have a discard pile, this is just a regular village. You draw a card with it. If you do have a discard pile, you get to look through it and put a card from it into your hand. Um, okay. I want to say that I gave this a six. I think this is an above-average village. It has some really fantastic best-case scenarios, but... It has some pretty bad downside. Well, I don't even want to say that. I think that... I think this card, so far from what I've heard, is super overrated. Like overrated? Yeah, I do. I think people are talking about this card like it's the second coming. Like they think it's it's got the scheme effect where it lets you play your other buy twice as often. It doesn't really. No, it do doesn't. That. It doesn't do that. That's it. That's, that's the best case. If your plan is to get lucky, you need a better plan. The thing is that this could have some anti-cycling effect too, because if yeah. you if you haven't drawn that other card that you want to be playing yet, and you uh, have a discard pile, then you don't get to draw a card and replace the mountain village. From the, the canonical the example is I'm at the top of a shuffle, and someone just played a, a cursing attack on me, and the only oh. thing in my discard <laughs> is a curse. Yeah. And guess what I'm drawing with my mountain village? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, that effect where you get to fish through your discard pile to look through something, it's not unfeasible. In fact, it's not that hard to set up. It's... This is an above average. Remember, I, I rate village a, f uh, a three, uh, a five, and this costs one more, and I'm rating it a six. So I do think that effect is material, and I think that it's something that you can play around and get value out of. But this is a village, okay? That's that's what it does. That's the main purpose of the card. It's a village. It's got this slight upside, but mostly it's the same card as village or well, village or whatever. Yeah, I gave it an eight out of ten, and basically what he said. Okay, so uh, next up, we have Old Lady. <laughs> old Witch. Yes, Old yes. Witch. So this is a $5 uh, action attack. It gives you plus three cards. and says each other player gains a curse and may trash a curse from their hand. I think by far the most important part about this card, and arguably the most important thing about this set, is that this is kind of like how uh, when we were doing Nocturne, the most important thing is I realized I was spelling the word cemetery incorrectly my entire life. Yeah. Uh, the this is the this is that kind of thing. So uh, the fact that this card is what it is means that the card witch. Uh, now we're just going to call it medium witch. Yeah. So we have old witch and we have young witch, and now from base set we have medium witch. Yep. That's what it's called now. Yeah. So I'm going to get a sharpie and I'm going to. Yeah. Fix my, uh, fix my witches. And yeah, definitely. And they're gonna be medium witch. Yeah, so this card is interesting, right? Seven out of ten. I gave it a seven as well, but if you recall, that doesn't mean the same thing. <laughs> so, I think that this is well above average, because Smithy is OP. Oh man, like, I would pay five for a Smithy all day. I mean, I, I you really do do that a lot of the time. Plus three cards. That's not a <laughs> you benefit. <said> doo doo. <laughs> yeah, that's not a benefit that you uh, want to trivialize. It's really good, and this has a junking effect that slows your opponent down. The fact that the attack isn't quite as uh, great as say medium witch, uh, it doesn't necessarily make the card worse. It just makes it different. Me medium witch is to give your opponent's deck this this permanent defect, whereas Old Witch 
is to uh, speed you up while slowing them down. I think RTT, when he was talking about it, he talked about the curse that it's giving them as the minus card token, basically, except that they might have to keep it if, oh, a couple man. of times. And I really like the way he put that, because actually when you think about it, it has a lot of similarities. Um, I think that's uh, understating the attack. I mean, having curses, uh, even if they're temporary, is still... Still well, really, really terrible, especially early on. Like you, it's you're pretty lucky if you're able to trash the curse the first time you draw it. Yeah. For reference, I give Medium Witch a nine out of ten, and I give this a seven out of ten. So when you say you don't think it's a worse card, I think it's a worse card. I don't think, I think it's... Witch is considerably better than this card. I think I think they're different. I think that on boards that have trashing, that this is going to end up like being a better card. Uh, because it does more to speed you up. This is a better card for you than the witch is, uh, but it's a better card for your opponent as well than the witch. So they do different things. But, but with opinion. medium witch, like they still have to go through the effort of trashing the curse themselves, and a lot of times, yeah. With old witch, like they just kind of wait, and then it happens. Yeah, a lot of the time. But relying on that isn't a good idea. So a lot of the time, they have to do well, that's that a anyway. Fine idea. I don't know. I really think that this is about as strong as Medium Witch. I think it's considerably worse. But, uh, so... There you go. I'm, we both gave it a 7, and we mean very different things by that. <laughs> so, uh... Next up, we have Patron. Patron. Oh, you want me to read it? Okay. Patron. Patron, 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 patron. Yes. a four-cost action-reaction. Gives you plus one villager, plus two dollars. And then it says, when something causes you to reveal this, using the word reveal, plus one coffers. Um, I gave this a four. I think that this is a little bit below the curve. It's at least as good as a silver, right? And it should be because it costs more. And it potentially gives you a, a village effect uh, later in the turn. Like, so you get to trade your action now. You get to bank your action, basically. It lets you uh, trade your action right now to have a villager token. The coffer's reaction is cute, but it's it's not worth, like, building your deck differently than you would already just to make it work. Coffers are good. They're not that great, though. And I think that you're going to take this over silver if you choose either one, but... Uh, it's not exactly apples and pizza, so... Okay, well, I like most apples, and I like cheese pizza. Uh, Parker is pooping some more. Uh, I'm a lot warmer on Patron than Jake is. So, first of all, if it did not have the reveal-y bits, uh, this would be a really, really good card. And the fact that it's a $4, most for the most part, better than silver card... Uh, that's really good, and patrons are going to run out in a lot of games because silver is good, and you want this instead. It gives you a villager. It's a village. Villagers are really, really good, and banking your action for whenever you want is really, really, really good. And if that's all the card did, then uh, I'd give it a 7. I'm still giving it a 7. So <laughs> the real thing is inconsequential. Like, I think that the this is only really... I, I only really consider this a village when you're not drawing your deck. Like, by the time you're drawing your deck, you're action neutral playing this, so at that point I stopped considering it a village. I... Uh, sure. I mean, it's a village with restrictions, right? Most villages yeah, sure. have some restriction. On the other hand, uh, villager tokens are much better 
then um, when you're not drawing your deck, then. if I if I have one villager token at the start of my turn and I'm drawing my deck because of a patron I played earlier on, my deck is much much stronger. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's non-trivial trivial even in that case. I think the bottom part, uh, the revealy bits, it's um, cute. I'm gonna I don't even think it's cute. Like I think you're gonna see this. You're gonna look at the board. You're gonna think of three cards that make sense. To, to work with Patron, and none of them work, and it's a huge disappointment. And yeah. I just, I really, I never liked this reaction. I never thought it was good for the game. Obviously, Parker's upset by it, too. Yep. That's you all I have to say You can't about blame him. Yeah, he wants it to work with more cards. Yeah. Okay, uh, so next up we have Priest. Uh, Priest is another four-cost action, and it gives you plus two dollars. And then for the rest of this turn... When you trash a card, plus two dollars. So it doesn't apply to its own trash. You uh, just get the two dollars, not four. But then if you trash any more cards throughout the turn, you uh, get plus two dollars. And I rated this a seven out of ten. I think this is well above average. And I think that 80% of that is because uh, it gives you plus two coins and lets you trash a card. I think that that's enough. And then it has this other effect that's nice, too, sometimes. Yeah, like, that other effect matters very, very little of the time. I gave this card a 9 out of 10. Priest is insane. Plus $2, trash a card from your hand, is insane. Let me give you an idea how good this card is, how strong this card is to open with, okay? Jack of all trades. One of the best cards you can possibly open with. Yeah. You need a very compelling reason not to open with a jack-of-all-trades. And until now, in all of Dominion, there was only one that cost four, and it was Remake, and not even all the time. Priest, that's another compelling reason not to open with jack-of-all-trades. You can trash an estate, and you can hit five. I know. The anticipation is killing all of us, Parker. Uh, But uh, I just think... Being able, being able to do both of those things is absolutely insane. It's insanely powerful. Like, there's really only one card in Dominion right now that does those things, that can, like, help you hit five and trash an estate. It's Masquerade. And this is better at doing that than Masquerade. Uh, just by virtue of being $2 and trash a card from your hand. I'm not going to say that it's the only card that does that. Like, Salvager helps you hit five and trash an estate, too. But... The <sighs> okay, fine. Well, but but not to not to belittle your point. I gave this a seven, which is basically Adam's nine if you factor in conversion rates uh, <laughs> across nations. So yeah, I think Priest is super solid, not because of this extra little weirdness that it can do, uh, which by the way we'll get to in a second. It's also really good. Uh, it's because it's plus two coins and trash a card. That's really powerful. Now this other effect. Sometimes it takes on another significance, and games get really weird when you get to use Priest as Econ, like significant Econ, and those that's not impossible. There are lots of games where you can do that. I uh, remember a lot of weird preview week games. I had, like, I think four Priests out, and I did the math, and I netted more money by buying Ritual to trash a gold than I would have by playing the gold. And I had this other game where I had priests out, and the best econ for the deck was to play raises and then trash them. It was really, it's a weird game when you get to use priest's second ability. And 
it can be really powerful in terms of econ. Like if this card can get you four coins for a terminal action, you know, that's not amazing by itself, but the fact that it only costs four is pretty good for that. Sure. I, I just think that's pretty narrow. I think the bread and butter of why you originally had this card in your deck in the first place is the fact that it's amazing yeah. at opening with. Yes. I mean, that that's true. Yeah. Like, this is most of the time better than opening with a jack of all trades. That's insane. Yeah. Nine no. out of ten. I am with you on that. Yeah. Seven out of ten. So, the next card that we have is another, another very, very powerful card, I think. And... I think that this is a candidate for most powerful card in the set. I am going to say that there's something else coming up that's more powerful, but this is what I considered the most powerful card in the set for a while, and I still think it's way up there. Uh, and it's Recruiter. Sure, so Recruiter is a five-cost action. gives you plus two cards. It says, trash a card from your hand, plus one villager per dollar that it costs. So I hope that you heard the part where you draw two cards and then trash a card from your hand. <laughs> uh, it sounds like Masquerade, man. And Masquerade's like a nine. It is. I gave Masquerade a nine. I also give Masquerade a nine, yeah. which means I think it's way better than Adam does. No, <laughs> yeah. I think, like, if Masquerade teaches us anything, it's the trashing is really good one. But the other thing is that drawing cards and then trashing is way better than just trashing because you get to look at cards and trash the one that you want to trash that's super powerful obviously you can't open with this as liberally as you can masquerade but you this will be a card that you uh, hit five in order to get and are very happy about that so um i think this is one of the more overrated cards of the set <laughs> do you really yeah hot take uh that is not a hot take i think it's a great card super hot take. eight out of ten I think it's overrated. I do not think this is a 10. I don't think this is a 9. Now, what does that mean? Absolutely nothing, obviously. I just think that people think this is a lot better than what it really is. It is fantastic to draw two cards, trash an estate, get two villagers. Villagers are amazing. That's... You're happy to trash most things in your deck just to, you know, get villagers from your recruiter. All Doing... of that is really, really good. Playing recruiter to trash an estate, that's better than playing a lost city. Uh, I'm aware that it's better than playing a Lost City. It's better than playing a Lost City. Lost Adam. City's a fantastic card. Yeah. And and yeah, that's great. 9 um, out of 10. Okay, 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10. Uh, we're really not that far off. Uh, I think that... I mean, the, the thing is that this is not draw, right? Because it, it's a required trash. Like, I know Mercenary no. says plus 2 cards on it. It's not draw because you have to trash cards, right? It decreases your hand size. It's not increasing your hand size. Yeah, that's it's, true. it's keeping it the, the same. But that's not the point. This is to get control of your deck. Well, and it, it does it trashes really well. cards, and it is a village, and it gives you villagers. And both of these things are fantastic, and I gave the card an 8 out of 10 as a result of that. Yeah, so I think that it's... I, I don't think this card is overrated. I think that this card is as good as you've heard... If not, better. And I think that this is the thing you buy when you hit five first. I think this is your first fiver nine times out of ten when you see it. Like, there has to if be I'm... another really good fiver out there for you to not just take this first. Or anything four or less that can trash the estates earlier. Man, I think even then. I don't. This is so good. There we go. This is, this is a source of disagreement here. This thing costs five, 
and uh, that's this. It's that's not rough. just to trash estates. It's also, the comparison to Masquerade is not fair because Masquerade is an optional trash. Now, granted, you have to have something bad to trash, but I can have one bad thing to trash and play five Masquerades. I have to have five things to trash to play five recruiters. But the thing is that you get this effect of being able to move through your deck as if you had a lab, with right. and yeah, you get because you can do it non-terminally. Right, so you can uh, draw two and trash one. That that's that, helping you play the cards that you want to play early on, as as well as a lab would have done. Every time you play recruiter, you have to spend an yeah. action or spend a villager on it. I mean, that's the same as masquerade. Okay, if you're you're not talking about the masquerade comparison anymore. I mean, I I don't think it's separable from the card, but I think that. This is a very, very powerful card. I think you get it whether or not you get to trash the estates early. And I, I just think that well, villagers there are is great. pretty much no... In, there's there's pretty much no situation where you can't make ample use of this. Uh, well, I think that's overstated. And I think the card is in general overrated. I However, think I'm understating it. I'm underselling a recruiter. There you, there you go. There you go. There's, there's your disagreement... Let us know what you think in the comments section. By the time you hear us, I'm sure it'll be very clear which one of us is right, high, and which one of us is overstating things. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, next up, we have uh, we have research. research. Research is a four-cost action. It says plus one action, and then trash a card from... Oh, by the way, this is a duration. It's orange. Whee! Trash a card from your hand. Per coin it costs... Set aside a card from your deck, face down on this, and then at the start of your turn, put those cards into your hand. That's weird, so I'm going to read it again. <laughs> Plus action. Trash a card from your hand. Per coin it costs, set aside a card from your deck, face down on this, and then at the start of your turn, put all those cards into your hand. So it's like Apprentice, only you get the cards at the start of your next turn instead of now, and you have to set them aside. Yeah, it's uh, and like the Recruiter version. was like Apprentice, only it gave you two cards and actions for the cost instead of an action and cards for the cost. Okay, that was a really dumb comparison. Anyway, uh, Research. I gave it a 4 out of 10. I think that this is a, a pretty decent card. So, like, it's trashing, and that yep. immediately, like, gets it in my good graces. And it's also, it's it's non-terminal trashing, too. So yep. the fact that you can use this to seed your hand is great. The fact that you can trash cards, and you can you can actually put a bunch of these into your deck and not really care about them colliding, because uh, like we said in our trashing episode, uh, the there's a really big difference between terminal trashing and non-terminal trashing. And so this is on the better end of that. Uh, I'm gonna the, on the better end of that. Yeah, between terminal and non-terminal, this is non-terminal, which well, is I mean, strictly non, better. Non-terminal is the better end when you are considering the two options, terminal and non-terminal. However, yeah. when you compare this to like all other non-terminal trashing, I think this is a lot worse than it. I don't actually think so because you can tra you get two copies of it and you trash the other one and it sets up a really good turn. So That's I don't know. Fantastic, is... but like I want to trash cards in the beginning of the game. So I'm going to open with this card with my $4 buy. It's orange. I'm going to play it once on turn 3 or turn 4 maximum. Yeah, it's going to miss you... that shuffle. I'm going to trash one card. And this sucks at trashing coppers. 
It does, but it's really good at trashing other things. So, like, you want to open like with this... marginal at trashing other things. You want to open with this along with another trasher if you I can, I don't think you but... want to open with it. It's orange, man. It's got problems. I mean, it, it... So, I think that it's fine to open with just because it says the word trash on it. Like, that's not to be discounted. I mean, I will open with it because it says the word trash on it. But it's orange, and I'm not going to be happy with it. Like, I'm going right. to look for other things before I look for orange and tan things to do my trashing in the opening. But, hey, it trashes cards. I gave it a four. What do you want from me, man? I gave it a six. I gave it above average by my scale. And that's because it's trashing, and it's not terminal. That's enough for me. That's just so slow, man. It's it's slow, but, like... And, and the other thing is that even uh, toward the mid-game, when you're done doing your early game trashing, you can use it to set up a really big spiky turn, um, which is pretty good. Hashtag spiky turn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're drawing your deck, it's not good. If you're not drawing your deck, fan-fiddly-tastic. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Sweet. So, uh, the next card we have is another five cost. It is called Scepter. So, uh, Scepter is a five cost treasure. It says yeah. when you play this, choose one. Plus two dollars, or... Replay an action you played this turn that's still in play. Oh, Mr. Parker. I know it looks so great, but yet it's just a silver most of the time. Because yeah. most of the things that you would want to play are not nearly as good in your buy face. Six out of ten. That's true. Um, I actually give it a, uh, f I think, a, a five out of ten for that same reason. Yeah, so, I mean, this is an excellent card when you can line it up with your Trasher that you opened with or your Junking Attack that you're playing as often as you can. But, uh, again, we're reminded that a lot of the actions that you're buying don't do a whole lot in the buy phase. And we're also, though, reminded that by cards like Charm and Minion that having this conditional effect that only does something if you line it up or it's a good situation for it is fine if you tack it on to an optional silver instead, right? Like, the charm effect, that's amazing when it works, but when it doesn't, you're fine having spent five on it because it can be a silver. And I think the um, same thing can be said about minion and this, too. I think that uh, this it gets to be... I rated it a 6, but I think that's a little generous. I'm going to give it a 5. I think this is a, a 5 out of 10. Uh, I rated it a 6, and I'm also thinking about giving it a 5, too, now that we're sitting here. So, like, Scepter is kind of like, well, it's a village, first of all. Scepter is a village. Let, let that sink in for a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of weird stuff that happens, but I think <clears throat> the best analog is, like, Throne Room. Sure. Because it's like... It doesn't take an action, and it kind of duplicates the best thing you have. And if you can't do that, well, hey, silver is a constellation prize. The problem is it doesn't want to double any deck control stuff, because plus cards and plus actions is not good in your buy phase. Well, now, you want money and buys. Uh, with the caveat, it does want to double treasures. Like, it, it, wants to, it doesn't want to double certain deck control stuff, but uh, it, it doesn't want to double mid-turn deck control. Like the what Adam said, the plus cards, etc. Plus actions. A trasher with scepter. Yeah, totally. I don't, I don't really think that's all that great, but whatever. I think it's fine because scepter's all that great. Well, I I also don't think it's all that great. I mean, I think it's a five, and I could be persuaded to rate it lower. But the thing is that it is a getting to replay 
whatever action is most valuable at the time. So is sometimes that's going to be a trasher, and that's going to be the best case for it, and then it transitions into an extra copy of your payload cards as you progress through the game, and the, the payload gets better. So for that reason, I think it earns its keep as a fiver. I think it's fine. Uh, I, I'm not... It's not lighting the world on fire for me, but um, Man, this is you, giving me enough. You're describing that. I just I don't think it's nearly that good. Like, I mean, I'm not. When are you, you going to double a trasher? Like, you've trashed with the trasher, and now you're going to yeah. draw enough cards to draw this and more stuff you want to trash. You're now like you're doing that at first, and then this same card is then transitioning into something that can be payload later. I think I'd already be playing as payload at that point. I am describing like the best case scenario for it. Like, that's Seems not far fetched. I don't think it's that far fetched, but I think that it's certainly optimistic. Optimistic. Now, and cool. I'm giving this a 5 out of 10. I think it earns its keep, but barely. Uh, Just well, like Actually, Parker. it's pretty good with keep because it's a treasure. Yeah, there we go. So there's that. Uh, also, I just want to point out that, like, even though we're kind of poo pooing <laughs> on how powerful the card is, uh, this is fun to play with. I think this is one of my favorite cards in the set. Yeah, it's kind of neat. In terms of like how much I like the card. That's fine. Yep. I think the whole set's good. For, for the record, I, I really like this set. It's I think it's a fun and engaging set to play with. This is actually not my favorite card in the set. Um, it's I find it kind of boring. But <laughs> well, but I find it very good, I yeah. find it boring in the context of a set that's really fun and engaging. So yeah, I think the set is overall really good. I'm oh, yeah. more excited about this than Adventures or Nocturne. Yeah, this in terms of the ones I played. This for me is on par with Empires. I think. Uh, well, Empires will high always be Bay, but uh, it's really high praise for me to yeah. compare something to Empires. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next we have separate Scholar. Uh, <laughs> so Scholar is a five cost action that is pretty simple. It's straightforward. It tells you what it wants, and it takes. What it, it's gonna? T- uh, you discard your <laughs> hand and draw seven cards. Sweet. Discard your hand plus seven cards. That's Straightforward. It. That's what it does. That's Moving it. on. Okay, it's, no, we should draw talk to about X. cards. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's actually it's better than better draw to for, X. It's it's one of the better draw to X cards because the discard your hand can be an upside in a lot of cases for draw to X decks. Yeah. With that said, draw to X is bad, and so I gave this a five out of ten. Uh, I I gave it a four, which is actually probably pretty much the same rating. Yep. If so, like it, it gets pretty good when you are using it to draw your deck when you otherwise wouldn't have. I, yeah, that's I hard. Know. When the thing is like that, you could say that about any card. Um, <laughs> so it's pretty restrictive and unpredictable as far as smithy variants go, and I do consider this pretty much a smithy variant. Yeah. This is basically... Sure, it's a terminal draw card. If you think about this as plus three cards, you end up with the same number of cards in your hand. Woo! It's got these Rada X synergies, which are nice with, like, disappearing payload. But like Adam said, that's... Oh, a... God. With with just virtual payload, not disappearing payload. I, whatever the difference is. <laughs> okay. I, the the uh, idea is that, like Rada X... It's got a lot of limitations in that it's awkward to control and awkward to pilot. It's as likely a lot of the time to hurt you as harm you. Obviously, you can just not play it. But I, I love that you said that because that's not what you meant to say. But you said it's just as likely to hurt you as it is to harm you. And that's exactly how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. Shh, 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 shh. 
I mean, it's it's anti-synergistic with other draw, right? Yeah, draw to X is that way, which yeah. is why it's bad. Well, one of the many reasons why it's bad. Even though this is... So, like, this, uh, some people have said, is just strictly better than library. I don't uh, agree with that. I do think it's a better card than library. It, I also think that's really not very high praise. <laughs> yep. So, um, I gave this a 4 out of 10. Yep. This is draw, but it's not great draw. So, 4 out of 10. Excellent day. Yep. Moving on. Oh, Sculptor. Right. So this is a five-cost action. It says, gain a card to your hand, costing up to four. If it's a treasure, plus one villager. Uh, this is Sculpt- real good. Sculptor, I think, is one of the more underrated cards. I think Cobbler was, like, the most... It's, like, the most underrated card in all of Dominion. And I think the fact that people are not underrating this as much as Cobbler... And then they're like, oh, well, Cobbler's still bad. It's like a pretty clear double standard. Like, this is uh, this is about as good as Cobbler. Well, like it, so, it, like, I mean, card this, is, this is a lot better than Cobbler in the situation when you're drawing your deck. I guess. But, but it also takes up terminal space, which Cobbler doesn't do, unless you're, you know, gaining treasures with it. Right. Well, yeah, so, I, for the record, I think this is a strong card, too. It's um, really good. Like, gaining to hand the thing that you want is great. And if I don't have any actions after this, I just gain a treasure, and I'm happy. And I get a villager, and villagers are fantastic. Yeah, so as long as you your deck can tolerate having the treasure in it, as long as your deck can, can accommodate the treasure, this uh, turns out to be a really good card for you. Well, we, we can accommodate the treasure. Silver's a great card, Jake. Well, yeah, Any so deck would be happy to have a silver. Right? All of them. Yeah. You can always add a silver and your deck will be better yep. 100% of the time. Thank you. So, the, um, yeah, so I gave this a 7 out of 10 for the record. I think that this is significantly above average. I think it is very good payload. I gave I, it an 8, basically the same rating. Yeah, and I think that gain to hand is a pretty rare effect in Dominion. And because it's so rare, people tend to forget how good it can be. Uh, it tends to be tacked onto really bad cards like Explorer, but it's actually a really good effect because you, part of the balancing of cards that gain other cards is that you have to draw them, and if you, is that they go into your discard pile and then you have to draw them, it's delayed value. But the, when you gain to hand, you get around that. So the idea that you can do that potentially non-terminally because you could have banked villagers earlier to gain an action, or you can just gain the treasure is really powerful. I think that this is one of the better workshop variants. I think it's really good. Yeah. So, 7 out of 10. Yeah. Neato. All right. Next up, we have Seer. Now, this is a card that gets that's, uh, has no shortage of respect. I don't think anybody's underrating this one yet. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to underrate the card. So... <laughs> This is a five-cost action. Uh, plus one card, plus one action. Reveal the top three cards of your deck. Put the ones costing from two to four into your hand. Effectively, you, you draw those. Put the rest back in any order. Once more, it's plus one card, plus action, so it's a cantrip. And then you look at the top three cards of your deck. If any of them cost between two and four, you put those into your hand. The rest go back. So I think the analogy here is to Apothecary. Right. It's a cantrip, you draw some stuff, you put the rest back. Woo! 
I think this is way better than Apothecary. I think Apothecary is way better than this No, <laughs> no, no, no. This is way better than Apothecary because this is... This is you and I'm going to... potion cost cards. I'm I do. But this is also... <laughs> the thing about Apothecary is that Apothecary is sifting through a bunch of cards, but it's putting cards into your hand that you don't really want. Coppers. But, this but is, you have them. This is putting cards into your hand that can potentially be really effective. This is... Whereas I agree with your assessment in your uh, article, What is Draw? You call Apothecary Draw, but it's Draw with Issues. Uh, like, it's Draw, but it's putting... It, it doesn't draw non-coppers for you. I think that this is increasing your hand size of useful cards, and that's pretty powerful. So, like, yeah, the cards you draw with Seer are more useful than the cards you draw with Apothecary, obviously. But uh, you have to buy those cards... And uh, they don't start in your deck. So, like, the fact that you have well, seven yeah. coppers and, you know, a potion by the time you get the Apothecary, the fact that you already have those in the deck makes Apothecary better. Like, I, I mean, Seer is draw, right? It, it draws it's cards. Draw. And, and that's not really what Apothecary is doing for you. It's kind of, it's getting you past the coppers that you have. And Seer is trying to find you other things to put in your hand. Now, I, I actually am not going to compare this so much to Apothecary, because Apothecary... It's, it's mechanically similar, but when you put it in a deck, it does a different thing, right? Right. I look at Apothecary more as a filtering effect, yeah. whereas Seer is actually draw. I compare Seer more to Lab than I do to Apothecary. Yes. So, between Seer and Lab, which do you think is a stronger card? I... Th I... Okay... So the thing I is, think they're close. Right? Um, yeah, I think they're really close, and I think that Seer has a higher ceiling. There are more cases where Seer is going to be amazing, but Lab is going to have more consistent value. For so sure. I think that in general, I'm, I would I give Seer and Lab both an eight. I think out of close. ten, and I give I to me an eight means this is well above average. This is a very powerful card. I give Lab an eight. I gave Seer a seven. Okay. Like they're close. Obviously, they're different numbers, uh, but you know they're they are fulfilling a similar role. I think Seer has issues, right? Um, Seer isn't going to increase your hand size if it doesn't have the right things to draw. Lab can draw other copies of Lab. Seer cannot sure. do that. That's true. Well, I mean, well, you can draw one of them, but... Now, yeah. there's the weird synergies with cost reduction in Seer, where it gets weird. Synergies, or maybe anti-synergies. Right? Yeah, right. So, like, you could accidentally get things below the threshold of Seer, too, and then it's just a cantrip. Uh, right. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so I, I do think that Seer is similar power level to Lab, which puts it well above the curve of Dominion cards in general. Oh, so that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I think that this is an 8 out of 10. And I gave it a seven. What do you want from me, man? I want an eight. Now, <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm curious about with Seer, though. I, I mean, so, like, the thing is with Seer, it's really good, but there's almost not a whole lot of reason to talk about it much because it's very straightforward with what it does and why it's good. I really am curious, though, about Seer and Big Money. I, uh... I, I'm, I'm curious about this Big Money deck that is just flooding with silver and takes Seer over gold. And I'm wondering about... Does a big money deck that has access to Seer, when it hits six or more, does it take... Does it just not buy golds, and does it maybe get Seers instead to pick up Silvers? I don't know if that's good. I don't know if don't in practice that's going to work out, but I am curious about it. 
like lab big money with silver. Well, I mean, Seer maybe has a higher upside. I don't. I don't think it's very good. I yeah. I mean, like it might not be. Like if if you tell me that that's terrible and that big money just beats that, I'm not going to be shocked. But I am going to want to p- try and play it. I mean, those games are mine to lose. Yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> so, if you buy Seer on five and get gold on six, then that seems great. But I don't sure. like getting Seer over gold. Seems... Right. So, well, like you you start to wonder like how often it's worth. When Seer is your draw, making sure you have as many cards that Seer can grab as possible. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, so, like, you maybe, at that point, are reluctant to take a gold for that reason. So, I don't know. Okay. It's, like, I'm I'm with you that this is sounding kind of weak when you say it out loud, but I I think it's uh, worth thinking about at the very least. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next up we have a card called Silk Merchant. Yeah, so this is a four-cost action. Gives you two cards and a buy. It says, when you gain or trash this, plus one coffers and plus one villager. Wow, okay, so... So this looks really innocent. And right? it's not. And it's a, it's a really good card. I gave this an eight. Yeah, I think I gave it an eight as well. This is Which, really strong, and as, I think... As we all know, my 8s are superior to Adam's 8s. <laughs> so, yeah, this is very, very powerful. So I think, I mean, obviously if it just said two cards and a buy, uh, wouldn't be rating it this high. That would still be good, I just want to say. It would be fine, but it wouldn't be for 8. E- like, even for 4, four right? yeah. I mean, I think the, the fact that it gives you a coffers on gain and a villager on gain... First of all, this is a village, right? Because it gives you villagers, and that's amazing. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, you you buy this thing, and it gives you coffers, and that's a huge deal. Because, like, it, it's turn three, here I am, and uh, I wanted to hit five, and here I am hitting four, and next turn, I'm not optimistic about my prospects of hitting five, or maybe I want to hit six. You just buy this thing, and you get a coffers right away. And, like, nothing in Dominion does that, except for the next card we're going to talk about here. But that one costs five. Yeah, and this one costs four. That's I, so good. So, like, the other thing is that any card that has plus cards and plus buy on it, I really want to draw attention to the fact that increased hand size and plus buy, those are the two main ingredients to be able to do better than a province per turn. Those are the two main ingredients you look for when you're building a high payload deck versus playing to money density and trying to get a single province as quickly as possible. That's so really this, good point. Yeah, so this almost single-handedly enables these multi-province turns. It doesn't do it all by itself, but it gets you a huge step of the way there. And the on-gain and on-trash effect is also fantastic. The fact that you can tactically get a villager. Remember, we said earlier about that's part of why Lackeys is so good, is that you can get those villagers when you know you're about to need them. Same with Coffers as well here, but I think the villager really stands out in that respect. So obviously, uh, with trash for benefit, this uh, gets really good as well. But well, anything that likes you, you know, it likes to be trashed. Yeah, right. And it does cost four, so sure. Yeah, and I just this card is so easy to glance over, but it's actually really strong. And the reason that it's easy to glance over and get bored with is that the benefits are so simple and straightforward. But how good and useful they are pretty much all of the time and the sheer convenience of when it gives you what it gives you just makes this such a versatile and useful card in like almost every situation you know, like you get into games of dominion and like you just find yourself buying these a lot more than you ever thought you would oh yeah yeah totally i i remember actually when this card was first spoiled people were actually down on it 
people were yeah. people were saying like, "Oh, this isn't very good." They were rating it low, and Donald, having had experience with the playtesters and having had people think about it, he just sat back and said, "Ah, give him time." <laughs> and he was right. Like people just needed to play with this card to realize how good it is. You're gonna buy this way more than you think. Yeah. Unless you're right when you look at it, in which case you're going to buy this as much as you think you are. Good job. Way to go, yeah. man. Get or yourself a, a Coke. Yeah. Or a Pepsi. Whatever's nearby. I actually, like, finally have more Coke. I'm not out of Coke anymore. Do you want nice. me to get you a Coke? I'm good, thank you. Sweet. Alright, so next up we have Spices. Spices is a five-cost treasure. It gives you plus two dollars and plus one buy. And when you gain this, plus two coffers. So it really only costs three. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, that's that's true if you're piling out. Um, no, so... it's not, because you can't oh, spend no, the coffers after buying cards. Oh, no, when you're piling out. <laughs> yeah, it's true when you're piling out and you have Villa. So, there you yeah. go. We did it, guys. Um, Man, so, like, I just want to say that people are seem to be, like, really down on this card. Uh, uh, people seem to be really underrating it, I think, by a lot. Remember all that stuff we discard. just said about Silk Merchant? Yeah. Uh, here, too. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. This card's GG. really good. I, I'm giving this a seven. Like this is even so. Like, don't get me wrong. I give Silk Merchant an eight. But that card costs four. This one costs five. This is still well above average. I. This is really good card. It's a seven out of ten. Uh, I gave it a five out of ten. It's fine. It's great. Good times. The thing is that this card is it's pretty good before you're drawing your deck. I think you're going to take this over gold like most of the time. I think that if you hit. Six well, even you a like buy. That's a big deal, right? I think even in like big money though, you're where you don't care about the buy, or even when you don't care about the buy. So let me just say that I think you're going to take this over gold because I think you're going to get like one or two of them over gold for sure, and you'll also get gold. So before you're drawing your deck, this is a pretty good card. You take it over gold, yeah. But once you're drawing your deck, the amount of control this single stop card affords you over your next two turns is just phenomenal. You gain this card into your deck, and it either provides $2, $3, or $4, with benefits all in between, and a buy. So that's insanely rewarding for players who are drawing their deck and are playing very precisely to the point that they're planning out their payloads so that they know what their next three or four buys are going to look like. They know what their deck looks like this turn, and they know what they want it to look like in two turns. Like, this is an insanely rewarding card for that precise kind of play insanely style. Insanely rewarding. I think yes. that's a little optimistic. But I, this, sure. I'm going to say that this card gets a lot better when you are drawing your deck. That's, oh, I think that's its worst case. I disagree with that. I mean, if you that, don't care about the buy, give me a gold, man. No, I mean, like, I'm assuming you care about the buy, and that you're using it well, to precisely okay. leverage your payload. If I care about the buy, then yes, this is much better than gold. Yeah. That is a true statement. We did it, guys. So, I gave it a 7, Adam gives it a 5, so we will see which one of us is right next time on Making Luck. And next we have Swashbuckler. <laughs> so this is a 5-cost action. Gives you plus three cards and says, if your discard pile has any cards in it, plus one coffers. Then, if you have at least four coffers, take the treasure chest. The treasure chest is a lovely artifact. Uh, it says, at the start of your buy phase, gain a gold. So, I think the most important thing about this is clearly the art. 
quite captivating. I think we can all agree that. What's your What's your favorite thing about the art? Oh man, it's really hard to say. Uh, this This card is it's it's really eye catching. It's distracting. Even. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, I was gonna say the most important thing is the fact that it draws you three cards. Right. I would pay five for that effect quite frequently. And this is, I think, above the curve in terms of smithy variants, like what you're describing. Coffers the, are great, man. Yeah. Now, I will say that the first time... So, the first time that Adam brought this out in playtesting, I read this, and my eyes went wide, and I said, this is broken. <laughs> and and the art wasn't even on it, for the record. Right. No, I said, this is broken. It didn't even have the chest, by the way. I think the chest was added like later. It just had the coffers thing. Uh, well, it wasn't called Swashbuckler, and there were a lot of other things that this card used to be, and so, yeah. yeah. So, the thing is that plus three cards, plus one coffer is amazing, but it's actually a lot harder than you would think to get that coffer. Yeah. You're, get, you're gonna get this a lot more seldom than you think you will. It's true. I mean, uh, myself included, most people would overestimate how much you're actually gonna get that stinking coffers. You're not, but the plus three cards is, of course, by far the most important part of it. I mean, Smithy is OP. Yeah, now... Hashtag, please nerf, 2018. Yeah. Now, like, the, uh... The treasure chest, though, is, is an important part of the card a lot of the time. It's really good. The so, treasure chest is really, really good, and anyone who thinks that the treasure chest is something that you don't want ever when Swashbuckler is in the kingdom, no. Treasure chest is really, really good. Yeah, the funny part is, like, I've heard people talk about needing to spend coffers so you don't get the treasure chest. That's ridiculous. It really is, because you've got this plus three card. Like, if Tragic Hero taught us anything... Remember, Tragic Hero <laughs> was the most underrated card in Nocturne for a while. If Tragic Hero <laughs> taught us anything, it's that gold is really good when you can draw it. And gold is also really good when you get to gain it for free. Gold is a fantastic card to gain for free. So if you let your opponent keep the chest for too long, I think that that's usually a game-losing mistake. Because the fact that you can just fully invest into your deck control and then Swashbuckler passively takes care of your econ for you is really, really powerful. I played more than one game during preview week where the gist of who got ahead came down to who got the chest first and who got to keep it for more turns. Like, the idea that you're getting to gain a gold every turn passively on top of a card that helps you draw that gold is very powerful. Yeah, for sure. I gave this an 8 out of 10. Uh, what did I give this thing? Uh, 7 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, the art is... Yeah, it's beautiful. You, you really like that art. <laughs> just, just a moment. Jake's gonna say goodbye. Anyway, so, uh, next up we have Treasurer. <laughs> oh, hey, you already scrolled. Sorry. Uh, I finally got the kid to sleep, by the way. He's asleep. Nice. I'm gonna poke Let's, him. Uh, please. Okay, very good. All right. <laughs> I was a little worried. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, so Treasurer is a five-cost action, gives you $3, and it says choose one. Trash a treasure from your hand, or gain a treasure from the trash to your hand, or take the key. And the key is an artifact, and it just says at the start of your turn you get uh, plus one dollar. Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, the most interesting part about it, I'm going to say, is that I forgot to put it in the images. So if you will 
bear with me a moment. There we go. And wow. That's a lot Control of things. Control Z. <laughs> Control Z. Well, our there video listeners, everything's still highlighted nope. over there, Jake. Just, right. just click on. Sweet. Uh, yeah. There nice. we go. So that's the key. <laughs> now, at the start of your turn, plus one dollar, uh, and that's the artifact that you can get from Treasure. Now, um, hey, look, it's the same lady. So, uh, Treasure. Um, yeah. Nine out of ten. Uh, I gave it a seven, but I think it's really good. This is a solid 9 out of 10, and I feel like it's really, really easy to underestimate this card, because, like, you're going to look at this and you're going to say, well, this is Money Lender and it costs 5, right? It gives you 3, and you have to trash a copper. And that's what you're going to be using. That's what you're going to be using it for most of the time. That's the best thing that the card does, I'm going to say, is is the trash the copper. Trashing is fantastic. But it's close, because the thing is that, like, Unlike Moneylender, this is useful at every phase of the game. Moneylender has a point where it just stops being useful, and that's the point where you have your deck under control, where this this, this keeps being useful by giving you payload options with the key and, and letting you gain treasures. So I'm going to say that the uh, one of the strong, probably the strongest ability, well, I don't know, Trash and Copper's great. The next strongest thing that this thing can do mm-hmm. is gaining a treasure to hand from the trash. Just yeah. gaining a copper... From the trash to your hand is really, really good. I am going to disagree with that. It is really, really good. It's a situational tactic. It is is good so much more often than anyone is going to give it credit for. When you absolutely need to hit a price point and you don't care if you make your deck worse in the process. So if, if... only If it could only gain coppers from the trash, it would be really, really strong underestimatable, everyone's going to underestimate this, really, really strong. 9 out of 10. This can gain any treasure from the trash. That's that's when it gets weird for me. Meaning that if there's any better treasure in the trash than copper, like, you just can't leave that in there because your opponent's just going to get it to hand. Your treasurer gains you a silver. First of all, gaining a silver is bonkers. It's $5! Five, that's so many dollars, like $55. He's talking about the $3 and then the $2 you get from the silver, too. Yeah. Yeah, so it it kind of becomes like Lurker that way, where you've got this necessary counterplay where you have to start uh, getting these because your opponent is playing that game with the trash. Now, I will say that this is probably going to be a little less obligatory than Lurker in that sense. I I disagree. I think this is a stronger card than Lurker all day. Well, I, I mean, I didn't, I'm not talking about uh, it being overall stronger or weaker card than Lurker. I'm just saying, in terms of having to play that dance where there are treasures in the trash and you need to worry about letting your opponent get them, I think that more often, the, more often than not, the actions in the kingdom are higher impact and stronger cards than the treasures in the kingdom. Really? Silver's a really good card. It I don't is. Know if you know that. But the thing is that if your opponent the the gaining to hand that gets you a bunch of money on that turn. That's assuming that getting a bunch of money from stop cards is the best thing that you can be doing. A lot of the time it is, but there are going to be plenty of situations where I think you just don't care. 9 out of 10. Jake is one of the many people who is underestimating just how powerful this card is. I'm, I'm okay with... Uh, I reserve the right to be wrong. Let me just say it that way. 
You heard it here first, okay? Treasure, 9 out of 10. Way better than everyone's getting giving it credit for. 7 out of 10. It's pretty good. Anyway. So next up, uh, we get to the only attack in the set other than Old Witch. And that is uh, Villain. Nice. A.K.A. Sum of Butcher. <laughs> so uh, Villain says, plus two coffers. Yeah. Plus two coffers is real. Okay, so villain says plus. It's a it's an attack and it costs five. It says plus two coffers and each other player with five or more cards in hand discards one costing two or more, or they reveal they can't. It's the typical get out of it clause in Dominion. So you get two coffers and then every other player has to discard a card that costs two or more, unless they don't have any in hand. Which sad day for them. Yeah, Patriot but, hard counters it because then. <laughs> wait, wait a second. If they revealed their hand, then that means they would have had a patron to discard. Rip in peace. Okay, so villain is there. I mean, I was joking when I said villain says plus two coffers on it, and then I stopped talking. But I'm kind of not joking about that. I mean, if you really it's want the, them to discard an estate. Boom, you got it, bro. Yeah, so this is really bad against decks that don't trash their estates, like, because they can get to do that. The Or decks that have provinces. Right, so, like, this is a good mid-game attack. This is, the attack is good in the middle of the game. At the beginning of the game, it probably hits their estate. I mean, if it hits their opening buy, that's amazing, but it's probably hitting their estate. And then... Uh, by the end of the game, they're probably hitting provinces with it. So in the Woo! middle of the game, where you, where they don't have very much uh, other than good cards in their deck, this uh, it can be a pretty brutal attack. But the plus two coffers is really what this does. And that's not to be underestimated. Plus two coffers is really good. Think about all the times when you buy Butcher and you don't trash a card, but you're still really happy that you played Butcher because plus two coffers is super good. Like This is like that. So, uh, Villain has some problems. Uh, first of all, um, playing Butcher was really good because it powered up your future Butchers. Uh, Villain doesn't have that upside. Sure, but the uh, plus two coffers are really good. Right, the, the coffers are great. However, it, I'm going to buy this... If, I, if I'm going to buy this card and get mileage out of the attack, <laughs> which is, I think, the more, more than likely the reason you would want to buy this card, then I would want to be playing the attack every turn if I wanted to be effective. Sure. In I, decks that do that, the plus two coffers is much worse because I want to be spending the coffers every turn. I actually think that this is going to be most often bought for money-ish decks. I think that right. this is, this is a really good... The much better in a money deck. That's yeah, true. This is going to be a really good solo terminal in money decks, I think. Right, and so uh, I think you just have to accept the fact that the attack is going to be less effective. Yeah, now, like, in the t the times when the attack does hurt, it hurts a lot, though, so I think we're, like, almost to, like, swindler-level variance in terms of, like, the gamut of different things it might do. Well, it has the range of swindler, yeah. but, like, most of the time this is just not going to do anything. Right, Where I don't swindler, think it's like, powerful an attack as swindler, but for yeah. sure. It's uh, it's really variable in terms of what the attack actually does, but that's not why you're buying it. Yeah. Plus two coffers is a really powerful benefit. So I, say. I'd love to tell you what I gave this card, but I can't see it because I need you to click on the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sweet. I uh, broke Adam's display. What did I give uh, this bad boy? Yeah. What did uh, you give it? Five. Uh, I gave it a six. I think it's above average because I think coffers are really good and above average. Neato. Yeah, neat. I think this, this is mostly payload to get plus two coffers. Cool. 
Moving on. So, we have gone through all of the Kingdom cards in the expansion, and now we get to talk about the projects. And if you are not familiar already, what the projects are are landscape cards, so they take up uh, one of the two slots that get used up by events or landmarks, uh, etc. You buy these at their price point one time, and then you have the effect of them forever. And ever. And ever. And for the rest of the game. Yeah, for for the rest of the game. I am just going to say something before we get started on these. Yeah. And that is that I think that in the abstract, these are one of the stronger things in Dominion. You'll notice that I gave all of these pretty high ratings because, in general, I think that it's just... Events are a pretty strong effect because you buy yeah. them once and then it's this effect that doesn't have to go into your deck that you don't have to draw. And then this is that, plus the efficiency of just one buy to get something for the rest of the game. Sure. Uh, I think... And for that reason, like, when we rate these from 0 to 10, uh, it kind of means something a little different, right? Because, like, I mean, events, you spend money in a buy on it, and it does a thing. And that's sort of like putting a card in your deck, but you're not putting a card in your deck. Okay, you can kind of measure that on the same scale. Landmarks, I mean, you can rate those 0 to 10, but, you know, that's kind of different meaning. It has a different meaning than rating a card, right? Well, for me, I for me, it doesn't. For me, I'm rated all these higher because I'm looking at the expected value I get out of the buy. And for right. me, that's above average because I'm getting the value for the rest of the game. So for, for landmarks, obviously, that doesn't apply. For projects, I don't know, I kind of think it's in the middle. Like, a lot of the time, it's not a question of, do I get this? Because some of the projects are like, oh, well, of course you want this effect, and of course it's worth it in most games, uh, but, you know, what kind of effect is it going to have on you? Is How much is going to change it? So I think there's a lot of subjectiveness when it comes to rating these things from 0 to 10. Well, sure, that's all of these, but sure, I can see what you mean, yeah. especially projects. When I say that a project is a, an 8, and I say that a card is an 8, I don't really think I'm saying entirely the same thing. Sure. In any case. Now, I, I do want to say one other thing, a uh, running theme across all projects that I've noticed, is that, and I and I ended up making this comment for like all of these, pretty much, it's good for... And then I just said, I'm just going to say this at the beginning. These are all really good for decks that have otherwise bad consistency. I think, like, the projects are, in general, are pretty good at solving the consistency issue and creating value for decks that normally wouldn't cycle very quickly or draw very much. And that comes back to the fact that it's a single buy that affects every subsequent turn without you ever needing to draw it. I would say that's true of the ones that happen at the start of your turn, because, you know, start of your turn is the most yeah. important time when you're lacking consistency. Uh, not all of the projects will have an effect like that at the start of your turn, but, uh, yeah, a lot of them do. Yeah. So... I'm, I'm also maybe not going to have as much to say about a lot of these, because uh, some of them are newish, and I haven't played with them as much, and some of them are just kind of... I give the number, and that's about everything I have to say. There are sure. exceptions, and we'll get to them. Yeah, so the first one we have is Academy, which is a $5 project, and once you buy it for the rest of the game, when you gain an action card, plus one villager. Uh, yeah, villagers are pretty great, but I gave this a 4 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Why'd you give it a 4? I don't know. <laughs> All right. 
So, um, I give it a six because, you know, you can come back to my previous comments on villagers. They let you build your deck out of order, which, eh. is, which is pretty strong. The awkward part about this is that you have to hit five, and then you get the actions to do it. A lot of the five-cost actions out there are great to gain early, so this competes with that. So you want to get it early to get value out of it, but you're probably gaining it at the cost of something else you want early, so it diminishes its value. Now, once you do have this, though, the fact that it lets you go very village light and still get the village effects that you need, pretty much, is really powerful because villages tend not to do a whole lot else for you. So the fact that you get to, quote-unquote, skip those or skip more of them is pretty powerful in terms of being able to get greedy with your payload. That sounds reasonable. You could be right. Six I gotta out be of honest with you, like, I've maybe played one game with this, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've, I've only played with this a couple of times, and they were with Adam, so... Yeah. Um, I, uh, these are, these are hot takes, for sure. Yeah. So next up, uh, we have Barracks. Yeah, so this is a six dollar project, it says at the start of your turn, plus one action. Uh, at the start of your turn is the best time to be getting action, so I think this is pretty great. I yeah. give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, I think that this is pretty powerful as well, and I gave it a 7. Now, I want to say that a lot of the points I made earlier about why villagers are good uh, applies to this too. So, in that, it just lets you go lighter on villages, which is great for your composition because you can be more greedy with adding payload. There's a caveat there that it's kind of hard to hit 6, in a deck that needs village support and doesn't have it yet. Uh, it's really powerful if you can do that. You know what's really good tricky. for that? Silver. Nice. Yeah. But then the silver doesn't need a village. Well, whatever, it's fine. Nice. Nice. Yeah, but you said it doesn't have the village support yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm uh, really good at Dominion. Yeah, I gave this a 7. I think Neato. that it's uh, really good for low-consistency decks, like yep. all of these are. Uh, Kano. Yeah. Yep. Canal. So this is a seven cost project. This is hefty. And it says during your turn, cards cost one less, but not less than zero. One coin less. Um, this is the only one that I gave oh it might not be the only one. This is the only one I gave this a dual rating. I gave this Ow. No no, I'm I and I stand by that. I can't give this a single rating. I can't. This is either a 4 or a 7. It's so different. Like, if it were closer, I'd just settle on a number. But if you have plus buy or you have mid-turn synergies, it's great. This is fantastic. It's really high value. It's a 7. But when you don't have any of that, when this basically reads plus $1 for every turn, it's kind of bad. It's too expensive for what it does when it's only giving you a dollar every turn. You know, I'm going to agree with that, but I'm, I'm just going to give it a five because I'm not a wimp, and I'm going <laughs> to commit to one rating. Nice. Uh, so, I, think, I think the main synergy you're looking for is gain a card costing up to four. You get this, it can gain fibers. If you're, I mean, that's, that's really yeah. the thing. I actually don't think this is all that great with plus buy. Like, yes, sure, fine. I mean, it's, it it's works good value. and you're getting more value, but like, God, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like the gainy the gainy bits is uh, is what I what I care about here. Yeah, so like it's it's pretty good when it unlocks a new price point for gainers. Yeah, and it's pretty decent with plus buy, um, but to 
un- to justify spending seven on it. It's a you, lot of you dollars, need man. some synergy. Yeah. Otherwise, it's probably just not worth it. I don't know. Getting a dollar, getting a dollar every turn, like <laughs> for big money, yeah, I'm gonna buy that on seven. I'm gonna hit seven all the time in big money, and then I'm not gonna ever be sad that I hit seven again. Like, yes, give me the canal. I might just take a gold. Big you know money. what? I remember when this project was just give you a dollar at the start of your turn, and it was it was called something else. And like Dude. you went on and on and on about how great it was just to get a dollar at the start of Dude, every turn. I and say you a said lot of you things. don't remember this. No, I, I don't just remember, remember this. That. You did win that game, and it was probably because you got that art of the, or yeah, it was a project. It was probably because you got the project, and I remember it very well because I was salty that I lost, but you know. Man, we I usually remember swap. when I win games at Dominion. Because we were game that's, swap. That's a special time for me. It was called City State. I'll bleep that out if I'm not allowed to say that. Nice. Okay, so the next one is, I think, the bombshell of the expansion. Yeah, I don't think anyone's actually sleeping on this one. Like, I think everyone no, looks I at this and they're we'll... like, yes, this is bonkers. And, and they're uh, right. <laughs> this is indeed bonkers. This is the donate of this expansion. It this is, is one of the two tens that I am given. This is uh, this is the only ten that I'm giving out. And it is capitalism. Look at that guy. He's he's holding a bill, and hopefully that bill will become a law, I guess. <laughs> I've, I've never seen this art before. I'm looking at it for the first time. Wow. Uh, he's got a messenger bag? Is that necessarily capitalist? The, yeah, this actually, this picture looks kind of modern. He actually. looks like he's mansplaining. This guy... Can yeah. I say that? Yeah, no, I mean, this to me, he looks like a hipster. Like, he looks like some guy I'd walk down the he street now. He a hipster hairdo and beard. Yeah. Except that he's holding a scroll. It's a bill. Jake. It's a bill. It may and become a law. It might become a law, yeah. Yeah, so this is a five-cost project, and if you want to read the text of it. It says, during your turns, action with plus coin amounts in their text are also treasures. That is nutso. Like, this is a village, first of all. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it is a village. It makes all of these terminal cards that were balanced because they're terminal into things that you can just vomit onto the table, and they do all sorts of insane things. You just shove them all into your deck, you vomit them all into the table, and if and you're just doing things that are way beyond what you would be doing if you didn't buy capitalism and do this. Do you remember when you first first started playing Dominion? Maybe it was even your uh, another deck builder, but it was your first one, and you looked at Navigator, or you looked at Swindler, Chancellor, or something man. like that. That yeah. was mine. And you were just like... Wait a minute. Why would I ever buy silver when I can buy this thing that is silver, but it gives me an extra effect? And then you learned about what an action is and stuff like that. And uh, this takes you back to that point, except now it's true. So, yeah. Here we are. This is a ten. This is. Okay, so it's really weird. You read this and you're like, oh my god, this is broken as all get out. And then you're like, wait, maybe it's not because you think about these things that don't work and, you know, a lot of actions aren't so great in your buy phase. And then you think about all the things that do work and it's broken again. Oh, my God. This is like Champion having in this uh, Champion's infinite action mechanics. Silver is now strictly worse than, like, half the cards in the game. (laughs) And these cards, it gets weird, too, because there are a bunch of cards that don't have... The, that you wouldn't think would work, but have the iconography technically, so you can play Spice Merchant and trash a card. Yeah. 
It's just it's, it's pretty nice. It's bizarre. You things like poorhouse get well, bizarre playable. actually works. Yeah, bizarre works. Yeah, things like poorhouse actually work because you can play. Well, your I mean, it, and then it your poorhouse works, but yeah, the, just the just the first poorhouse. Yeah, because <laughs> all your other parts are still treasures. Minion is now even better because yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, it's got that draw to X synergy. I think the the biggest deal about this, and this is something I fought really hard on in playtesting. This actually hmm. used to cost more then five and then one day it was five and everyone was like yeah this is fine we didn't get it this game and i was like are you nuts like yeah five is a steal for this you're just gonna get it all of the time i'm glad this it needs costs... to cost like seven or eight i want to say actually i disagree with that because i think that it's when you have something that's this powerful and this uh pretty much obligatory that you buy i think it's better when it's more accessible to the players. The I, same I reason like how... the ambassador needs to not cost five, because if one person can get it and keep the other players from getting it. I like the fact that King's Court costs seven and it's crunchy because you have to hit that seven <laughs> and then you want to have a bunch of actions that you can king. Like I like that and I thought capitalism would benefit from that, but no, you just open with two terminal silvers, you're gonna hit five, you're gonna get the capitalism, and then now it's a capitalism game. Good for you. Like there's no there's no pre capitalism phase. There's no <laughs> post capitalism phase. I guess, yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually... gonna make an elephant in the room pun. Did I do yeah, that? Already? A lot of people are making political jokes about this card. Uh, I don't really okay. get it. Anyway. <laughs> so this card is uh, broken in ways that I don't really know how to talk about. I'm going to say this. If somebody uh, starts writing a, a capitalism article tomorrow or starts to give uh, like a, a capitalism tutorial or whatever, yeah, just tell them to shut the f*** up because they don't know what they're talking about. This wait, card wait. just came out. Wait a second. This is really easy to play with. You look for a terminal action that will be made into a treasure by capitalism. If you find one... You just buy capitalism, and you get that thing. And then you win. End article. Yeah, so like... I did it. I mean, the the it's kind of like how we haven't done a donate episode, because there's just... I We don't even know where to start. I, we just did the capitalism episode. Yeah, right. Yep. But like, there's there's so much to talk about here with this capitalism card. It's, uh, it's really not so to get your head around, and I just want to say, however crazy you think it is, you're right. Yep. Yeah, so uh, next up, here it comes. Cathedral. This is a three-cost project, and Donald uh, cryptically referred to this during preview week. He said, by the way, this set has a trasher that you can't turn off. That's this uh, three-cost Cathedral. At the start of your turn, trash a card from your hand. What do you think of this, Jake? I gave this a 7 out of 10. I think it is well above average for a buy. And I understand that you think differently. So um, I do a poll where I gather the first impressions of, uh, you know, the cards from the new set. And I took I took a look-see at the, the results of that poll after like 10 hours or so. Sure. I'm seeing what people think of Cathedral. And like a lot of people are giving it like a 4 or a 3. And then there's a few that are giving it like what Jake's giving it. You know, the 7-ish. And then there are two people, two people as of right now, they get it. <laughs> they get it. They gave this a 10. Cathedral is a 10 out of 10. It's the other 10 out of 10 in the set. This is absolutely busted, okay? This is better than Chapel. Better than Chapel. Chapel is a 10. This is insane. Cathedral, 
10 out of 10. Insane. Okay. Let's come back to Earth for a minute. I am... If you I just want to say... Insane. You opening, get this turn one. Opening with a cathedral, opening turn one, it makes your building lightning fast. Yes. Yeah, thinning, and then you win amazing. the game. GG. But you are now on a clock. Yeah. To end the game. Yeah. And it's not necessarily going to be easy. If you don't have multiple games, this could start to turn into a liability. I understand that your deck doesn't need to last forever. It just needs to win you the game. Yes, I get that. But it does need to have enough longevity to get you through the end of the game. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that like buying this is a mistake because you have to trash cards. and you might have, Even if you have to trash something that you wanted in your deck, like this is still probably really good. But I give it a 7, and I think that, like, other really powerful trashers, like, you know, Chapel or Steward that maybe don't give you this restriction that you now need to play to the end of the game really quickly, maybe you get those instead. Jake, Jake that's not a restriction. You get to end the game faster because you did this thing that's amazing. But if, and it, now you if, there's another, if there's another card that could speed you up, another really good trasher that could speed you up similarly without having to put you on this clock, then maybe you do that so instead. one of those in the game and it's off. donate. That's I, it. I think that Chapel is there too. I do. This is better than Chapel. Like, you just compare it. Chapel is a card that you have to put in your deck. You have to draw that card with things you want to trash, okay? And let's say you get lucky and you don't get it on turn five. You are still better off getting a Cathedral turn one because you have trashed more cards and you get to buy something on the turn that you would have otherwise drawn the chapel and sacrificed your entire turn. You gave up a turn to buy the thing and then you're giving up probably two turns of just buying something else to play the chapel and trash your hand. With Cathedral, you get it turn one and now you're buying these really good cards. You're hitting five on turn three and turn four because you trash an estate on turn two. You are almost guaranteed to hit five. It's a very narrow case where you don't hit five. You have to get five coppers and then silver, copper, copper, estate, estate. And assuming you open with a right, silver, silver right. equivalent. So silver, silver cathedral gets you to five really quickly, yeah. It is way better than chapel. And the fact that there's this drawback at the end where maybe someday you're going to have to trash a card that you don't want to trash, that does not matter because if you do this and your opponent hasn't, you have won the game by that point. Well, you're, the idea would be that you're far enough ahead no, like, the the question would be, is that true? Are you far enough ahead? Yes. Absolutely. 10 out of 10, Cathedral. Everyone is sleeping on this card, except those two geniuses who have already answered 10 in the poll. Didn't one of the people who voted at 10 vote, like, five other cards in the set of 10? Yeah, but they got this one okay, right. Okay, so... Uh, okay. Look, I'm not gonna pretend that you're not... Making me doubt myself here. Like, th Remember is... all the Cathedral games we played over and over again? Because I opened Cathedral and won, and you were like, No, this is garbage! And I kept on winning. Adam has a lot of memories that I just don't have. <laughs> like, I just... There are all these games that Adam talks about, and he claims I was there for, but... Uh, yeah, so, I mean, this is a very powerful card. I gave it a 7. Maybe I'm underwriting it. I could be. He is. He didn't say 10. <laughs> He's underwriting it. Oh, man. Better okay. than Chapel. So, uh, let's get to the one that Adam's underrating. Okay. Let's let's hear this one. Citadel. This one is an eight-cost project. 
and it says that the first time you play an action card during each of your turns, play it again afterwards. Yeah, I give this bad boy a 5 out of 10. Not bad. 9 out of 10. 9. Close to 10. I think that this is just nuts. I think it's comparable to gaining a prince that you never have to shuffle into the deck or find a target to line up with in play. I think that you get this and it's almost always worth building to spike eight just so you can get your citadel because you th- this is just such a powerful effect. It, the potency that it adds to your deck is unreal. So uh, I think it's better than Prince. No argument there, although apples, oranges, etc. Yeah, I mean, uh, Prince is pretty weak as well, but this is like right. getting a... This is less it's like awkward a Prince, than Prince of Throne Room, right? It's kind of like yeah. the Prince to Throne Room because the first thing you play gets thrown, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of the analogy, and it's not far from that. Um, the, the thing is that uh, Princing a Throne Room... I mean, Throne Room isn't really the best Prince target. If I was going to choose a prince target, I would choose something that gives me plus cards or maybe plus actions. Now, well, Throne Room kind of gives you plus actions, but it doesn't really give you plus cards. Yeah, but the thing is, like, it's it's like princing a Throne Room, and that's not always amazing, but, like, you get to just play the thing that you would have wanted to prince instead. Like, I understand that you don't have the increased hand size at start of turn because you didn't uh, get to, like, you didn't... If you have your citadel, you don't get to uh, play your steward to draw two cards and then find your village or whatever. But, man, the idea that you can just hit eight and then effectively have this this prince already active from your deck, this is fantastic. This is a nine out of ten. This is one of the most powerful cards in the set. Like, I, was, I agreed with everything you said until you said that makes it a nine out of ten. I just don't think it compares to a lot of other effects you can get, especially because it costs so much. I don't think, like, you... I think that the games where you skip this are very few and far between. Oh, I think you skip it a lot just because it costs so much. Well, there you go. Yep. Disagreement. Uh, Jake uh, Jake believes this is very good. It's good. I gave it a five. I would actually consider giving it a six. Like, if, if, you, if you... If you flip that six upside down... See, there you go. So you we're it. really not that far apart in yeah, our estimation of this you... card. Yeah, so... Uh, The next one we have, and actually, I think this answers a little mystery for us, because uh, we counted the number of slides, and there were one too many, and so... uh, Oh, are we going to talk about Cathedral again? Yeah, so this one is Cathedral again. 10 out of 10, better than Chapel. Uh, All right, next. So, (laughs) anyway... No, yeah, game. I accidentally put Cathedral in the slideshow twice. So It was worth it. Uh, City Gate. The project is busted. City Gate. It's, uh, yeah, it's a three-cost project. It says yeah. at the start of your turn, plus one card, and then put a card from your hand onto your deck. This is really powerful. I gave it a three. Adam is very wrong about this. <laughs> Adam is 100% extremely wrong. Objectively wrong. He's what incorrect. What did you give it? I gave it a seven. This is all right. This is this a big is difference. two standard deviations above what I expect an average investment to be. Like that just this doesn't very matter powerful. so much of the time. Like, sure, I'm probably gonna get it, but like, it doesn't no, the, really do anything. The, oh yes, it does. Well, fa- okay, it gives you plus one card. No, it's it and increases then... your stop card capacity by one. See what? Marcusin's no. article. Yes, it does. No, it definitely does not. Yes, do it does. That. It does do that. It definitely doesn't do that. See Marcusin's article on stop card capacity for the, more details. But the whole point was to give you a hundred percent chance to draw your deck. This does nothing for that. No, it definitely does. It helps you line the two cards up that actually kick your turn off. 
That's as long not as you have what the that article was about. Yes, it was. It, it was basically about yeah. Anyway, no, it wasn't what that article was about. I am going to disagree with that, but this increases your stop card we'll, capacity by we'll one the for the rest the of the game. For the cost of three, this is not something you skip. That's you just you don't dud when you have this. Okay, I. You said that it increases your stop card capacity. I yep. think that's just false. It's I, not. It's that's not what this does. That's not what this does. Jake may say that's what it does. That's not what this then. does. Yeah. I, I don't want to put inaccurate information out there on the podcast. That's not what this is doing. This I, is a minor effect that can be great and yet costs only three, but uh, give it a three out of ten. I think that the it increases your stop card capacity by one, and as well, it lets you smooth out your buys or spike by distributing your money. It's for this big is just, money. It's pretty beast. I think that this is really good for a lot of different kinds of deck, and. I don't think that this is something you're going to skip very often. It mitigates duds. It helps you have extra uh, copies of stop cards in your deck without failing to find your control cards. It, 7 out of 10. That it doesn't help you do that. It does, because... It, it, not, it doesn't help the, you do that. No, the whole the whole point problem with having a bunch of stop cards in your deck, if you have the ability to draw them, is that you might draw a handful of stop cards. And then you don't get to draw. So them, it gives so. you it gives you one more chance to find something for the start of your turn. Yes, that's that's different than what you said. You said that it lets you put more of those copies in your deck without and draw having, them all and draw them all. Without, it does not it, help you without draw them having all. the risk of not drawing them all. Yes, it does help you do that. No, it doesn't decrease the risk of not drawing them all. I it helps it, you kick off. It doesn't increase how many cards you can draw. Well, whatever the semantics of that are, we, it helps you kick off, and that's the million-dollar phrase. It's the three-dollar phrase. Get it? Get it? Because it's a three-dollar project. Yeah. No. Seven out of ten. Three out of ten. Great. I think Parker agrees with me. Parker, <laughs> you traitorous bastard. <laughs> All right. Hey, so my wife and I have been married for three years. That's true. I forgot the bastard actually has a meaning. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, the next one is crop rotation. Yeah. This uh, is yeah. Go ahead. This is a uh, six dollar project that says at the start of your turn you may discard a victory card for plus two cards. Yeah. Four out of ten. Uh, I actually am giving this an eight. So, the the thing is, I'm giving it an 8 because it is something that you... I mean, like, I, I can't picture not buying this very much of the time. Like, you trash your estates, it's way better. No, I mean, you, this isn't something you buy early. This is something you buy later when you've started greening and your deck is starting to quote-unquote choke on the green. It, this it lets you start... Stinks. The thing is that this lets you start greening earlier. The You can start greening... He's Before your money density is to the point where you would normally be comfortable with it. You have to spend six on it. You could just buy a gold or something that draws cards. Yeah, I think that this is still pretty decent for that. It also helps the decks that are not caring about money density but kick off in other ways. It helps them when they would normally start to choke on green cards. It helps them continue to kick off even while they're greening. If like they those have menagerie time... decks that hate to get their second province, they don't mind it so much anymore. If they have time to spend $6 on this thing, I mean, they can do whatever they want and win the game. I just don't. I'm going to disagree with that. All right, I think, well, this isn't... 
I've said what I think. Jake disagrees. So maybe Parker's upset again. I'm sorry, Parker. Jake's just so wrong. <laughs> it could be. I mean, so like I could be talked down from eight. Shh, 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 shh. How about uh four? No. Oh, okay. I'm gonna be maybe a seven. Shh, 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 shh. Yeah. Well, he's he's a little he's a little more okay with that, but uh, you know. So exploration. <laughs> yeah, exploration is the next one to talk about. It's a four-dollar project. Yeah, it says at the end of your buy phase, if you didn't buy any cards, plus one coffers and plus one villager. Mm. So I gave this a five. What'd you give it? I gave it a four. So I think this is same thing. Really. Below average. Yeah, uh, we're roughly the same thing. I actually was looking at the ratings, and they were much, much lower. Uh, I think that if either us or the ratings are right, I think I'm going to go with the ratings. Because... I think we're right. I, this is okay. not baths. I you think, can you No, can it's game not cards. Baths. Yeah. You just have to not buy things. This has all the same synergies as Mission. So... I mean, it's not the same upside. You don't get a whole extra freaking turn, but, like, you get a Coffers and a Villager, and if your payload is anything other than buying cards, then, like, this is great. Like, you can get an event... Or you can, like, play your horns aplenty or whatever. Or trash all your cards, like... Yeah, I mean, if you know you're going to be doing that a lot, like, maybe trade is out and you've decided your main strategy for thinning is going to be with trade or whatever, uh, then maybe you get an exploration and you're better off for it. And Or maybe, you know, you've got some... Uh, you, you've been tracking your deck and you're to the point where you know you're about to have a dud turn where you're going to draw two coppers and three escapes or whatever. So you buy an exploration and you get some value out of that turn. Or two terminals is what I was thinking, but sure. Yeah, or, or something of that nature. Or uh, maybe you open with it with your chapel, and that's great too. Woo! Uh, so other than that, though, I don't know. This, this one is just not doing it for me the way the other projects do. I think it's fine, but yeah. I would rather make my deck better by putting a card in it that's good for it. For sure. Yeah, yeah, so, so I'm five giving this... slash four out of ten. Yeah, this is below average. This is bad. Never buy this. <laughs> wow. <Okay>. So uh, <laughs> fair, fair. It's fair. Yeah, it's pretty fair. Yeah. So this is a four dollar project, uh, and at the start of your turn, plus buy. Yeah. I gave it a five out of ten. I'd say it's pretty fair. I am giving this a 6 out of 10. I think this is above average. Wait, but that would mean it's not fair. It's, uh... Yeah, it's above average. So, I think this this project has a few implications, is the thing. Like, the, you think about, like, a big money deck, and you think about how money density decks, just in general, tend to be limited to one by per turn. They tend to be limited to single province turns. Why is that? It's because... When you put the means to uh, do good stuff in your deck that's beyond a province, you need to really be drawing it uh, consistently to make that pay off. Whereas a money density deck is thickening itself to the point that it doesn't see much of itself very much. So if you put plus buy in a money density deck, even if you have enough money to hit double province, you're not going to line that up with the plus buy. So the, the idea, anyway that you can get plus buy every turn of the game that doesn't have to go into your deck and that you don't have to draw. I think that has huge implications. Again, for decks that have poor consistency, it gives them a higher ceiling for their turns than they would otherwise have. Really? I think that's overstating <laughs> it. 
<laughs> I, I think it's pretty good. I think it's above average. Six I think out it's ten. fair. Nice. Come on, the pun was right there, and it's actually fair. I'm going to milk that for all it is worth. I know, he really is. I am. We all have to do what we're best at. Well, uh, next up, we've got the only VP card in the set. VP card in air quotes. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that this didn't have any green cards in it, and then Adam pointed out, well, best we've got is this. I'm, <laughs> this is pretty cool, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it is pretty cool. But uh, this is basically taking the place of a VP option in the set. Yeah, so it's a five-cost project. It says after the game ends, there's an extra round of turns for players with this. And uh, you don't have to do this, but I would recommend getting points with your extra turn. Yeah, that's probably what you do. So uh, here on Making Luck, a Dominion podcast, we are giving you the uh, the hard-hitting advice. As yeah. play testers, I mean, we've been through this many games. Yeah. And uh, we've tried a lot of things. And We've uh, tried we've... attacking the opponent. Yeah. Uh, cursing attacks actually do something. Uh, which yeah. Which is the same as getting points, if you think about it. I've tried just buying more villages. Yeah, so <laughs> I tried donating. It still doesn't work. Um, <laughs> no bueno. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, is... buying points with your extra turn. You should probably do that. Yeah, so, in all seriousness, Fleet, uh, I gave an 8. I, I gave this an 8 out of 10, and it's close to a 9 for me. I think... You don't not buy this. That's I, my that's my take. I gave it a six, and I think there are many times where you bu- where you don't buy this. So I think that the time there are going to be times when you don't buy it, but I think they're pretty restricted to single game games that are going to end on provinces. And I think that even then you consider it like this is at the very least this is a duchy that doesn't go into your deck until the end of the game. Yeah. You know, provided your deck hits five consistently by the time you're greening, which if it doesn't, I'm sorry to hear that. But this is the the amount of endgame positioning that this affects is really, really weird to get your head around. You are looking at ending the game, so if your opponent buys this and then you don't, you have to then win by more than a turn's worth of points, as opposed to just being able to end the game with more points. That is a completely different situation. So your best bet is really just to follow up and buy it yourself. I, I think that this is just something you need to buy, especially if your opponent buys it. I, I think that only becomes relevant, though, if piles are super low, right? Yeah. Because otherwise you would just delay buying this. And then if you're going to delay buying this for long enough, then you're you know going to start getting points, and then you're getting points instead of getting the fleet. So that already we've confined ourselves to this somewhat narrow situation of piles are low, right? That's when this is good. It's good when piles are low. I think you would agree with that, right? If provinces are going to run, this gets a lot worse. So I'm not going to say it gets a lot worse. If provinces are going to run and I buy this, the idea is also that you can't afford to win by just the province, you have to, like, if I can hit, or, like, you can't afford to, like, win by province duchy and then win by the duchy points, is what I'm saying. Like, you have to be able to win by more than a turn's worth of points if I buy this and you don't. Okay, I'm not sure what that means. I think what you're trying to say, or maybe what I'm hearing, if we're buying provinces, I'm not going to buy fleet over province. 
Okay. If we're you might buying province, then the piles were low. Otherwise, I should just be getting points. So, if maybe we've gotten some provinces and it's duchy time, then sure, I can see getting this over your first duchy. Because uh, maybe the duchies won't run out. That also seems fine. Uh, so, there's these two situations where piles are low, and uh, you get it over your first duchy. I, I could say those are the situations for fleet. It looks a lot sexier than that, but uh, I think in reality that's when it's going to be, and uh, I gave it a six as a result of all that. Well, I still give it an eight. I think that the end game position it puts you in, if you are the only one who buys it, is very concrete and significant. And I think that your best bet, if your opponent buys it, is going to be most of the time to buy it yourself. Oh, so like if you want a good end game position, uh, sometimes uh, when I want a good end game position, I spend five dollars and I buy buying a card that helps my deck get better, and then I get a good end game position. Well, way. right. So, but this is the thing that gets you points without making your deck worse. So that's just like making it better. Same thing. Exactly the same thing. If I don't need the points yet, I can just make my deck better and then maybe get this if I it's really exactly want to. exactly the same thing. Or I could just win the game by getting a bunch of provinces. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I see what you're saying. Like, so if you lose out on the tempo of getting that costs you a province, then getting the fleet was a mistake. But I think that more often you're going to see the point where the fleet is obligatory. Okay, than, so uh, that's the big difference. He thinks that happens more often. I think that happens less often. All right, well, we will see. And, and I guess there's another note. In games with more than two players, Fleet gets really, really bad. It's like, Jake what if, doesn't like this. What if we were playing basketball, but you got to kick your opponent? It's like, well, okay, <laughs> I guess then, then it would just be like worse to do division, that. Yeah? Yeah. It's it exactly was... the same thing. In yeah. other news, uh, in less than a week, I'll be going up to Michigan to play in a three-player Dominion tournament. Nice. I'll try kicking them. Yeah, right? <laughs> see how that um... goes. <laughs> All right, so next up, uh, we have Guildhall. Yeah. Good old Guildhall. Yeah. Guild Rooney. Yep. Yep. This is a $5 project that says, when you gain a treasure, plus one coffers. And I gave this another dual rating. Oh, I gave this either... Oh, a cop-out rating, yeah. Either nice. a five or an eight. I'll give this either a zero or a one... Or a two, or a three. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's either five or eight, depending on some situations I'm going to go over. But what did you end up giving it? Uh, what did I end up giving it? I just put in an eye drop, so I can't see that far. I gave Good it a call. four. All right. Wow. It's good for big money. Four out of ten. That's so, all I have to say. The thing is, like, it's really good for big money. Yeah. Like, I, the, I think that you take this over your first gold in big money. Like, the amount of money density that having coffers affects for you is really powerful. Obviously, if you have a treasure gainer, it gets even better. For other decks, though, for decks that aren't shoving a bunch of treasures in, it really depends. A lot of the time, the only reason non-money decks get treasure at all is so that they can hit five and get a fiver, and then they use that fiver to hit five subsequent times. So... They have to hit five to get this and then get treasures. That implies that they're playing a deck that has a really high treasure tolerance that can accommodate a lot of those stop cards. Like silver. So, yeah. So that's a lot worse for those decks, and I gave it a five, but maybe that's being generous and Adam's four is a little more accurate. Either way, 
this is fantastic for money and maybe not so great for those other decks. I think we agree on that. Yeah, it's just a shame you couldn't actually commit to a rating, which yep. was the task. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's really unfortunate that, like, the listeners of this podcast wanted to hear, like, one thing from you, and you're like, no, I'm not going to give you the one thing you want. I'm going to give you two things. Ah! That's what I sound like. It's like when you go when you go on a so innovation, competition. So innovation. Innovation. And it's like, six- we want you to make a sandwich. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to make you a taco and a burrito. So innovation. <laughs> uh, Adam, would you like to read us the text of innovation? It's the next I'd, project. I'd really like to whine more about how you didn't get All right, one so rating. I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, it is a <laughs> six-cost project that says the first time you gain an action card in each of your turns, you may set it aside. If you do, play it. Sweet. If you do, play it. <laughs> nice. How many ratings did this one, Jake? <laughs> okay, no more dual ratings. That was the last one. The rest. Of Remember when you showed me that document and I was like, I'm going to give you crap. Well, I tried to convince you to pick one and you wouldn't. So I was like, I'm going to give you crap. No, for this I, have on the re- I have legitimate reasons. For yeah, not- and now they can make their own judgment. And yeah. that's fine, but I'm still going to give you crap for it. Innovation, Adam. <laughs> what do you think about this? Six out of ten. I think this looks a lot sexier than it is, and there are some cool synergies, but uh, I don't know. They just like maybe don't happen as much. So six. Huh? I mean, like, I'd give it a seven because there are going to be a lot of times when this does jack. <laughs> like this does absolutely nothing, and just you're not, the and you're just not gonna buy it. That's why I didn't feel the need to give this two ratings. Uh, you're just not gonna buy it at the times when it doesn't do anything. But the times when it does do something are so good that I it gets a seven anyway. It's well above average. When there's something like a workshop, or there is an action that's really good to play. Uh, on the turn that you gain it, or what have you, I think that this is good enough that it gets an above-average rating. Leave leave a comment in the comments section. I don't understand how that justifies giving two ratings, like something was different about those other cards. Uh, well, let no, me, let like, me know in the comments section. No, those other those other ones, they had like two different situations. Are you, that are you, you might... required to buy it in those games? No, I mean, they, they had two different situations where you might buy them, and they had different levels of value during those. Like, you know, you might buy Guildhall... I should have given Fleet two ratings. I should have done that. Anyway. (laughs) So Innovation, I think it's a solid 7, because there are going to be a lot of times when it doesn't do anything and you don't buy it. The times, though, that you have a workshop or there's some uh, synergy, like you get to buy gear or something with it, and then buy the gear, and then immediately draw two and set two aside. That's amazing. I feel like you really want to be gaining non-terminals with this. So, like, the the time when innovation seems really sexy is when I'm playing a gainer that's normally terminal, but now uh, innovation lets me, like, gain a yeah. non-terminal thing, and all of a sudden my turn's not over, right? So, like, when you I get mean, to use innovation as a village, because that's yeah. what it is... That's fantastic, yes. Yeah, that's, that's when innovation, I think, is the best. Like if, I think that's narrow, but that's when it's good. If it did that stuff every game, it would be like a 9 for me. The fact that I'd it, give it a higher number, yeah. The fact that it, it does nothing, like, half the time, and still gets an above-average rating should, I think, bear testament to how good I think this is. Yeah, like, what, it does you, work. what you don't want to do is buy this, and then, like, Oh, in my buy phase, I'm gonna buy a smithy! 
Yeah. And then, no. and then you get to play that smithy in the middle of your buy phase after you're like done playing treasures in your middle of buying stuff. So you like, <laughs> buy treasures and now you can't play them. It doesn't help you. Don't do that, okay? Uh, Innovation's what, not good there. But like, what you do want to do is buy it and then buy an attack, like a militia. Because then you don't even have to have the militia in your deck and your opponent still has to look out for being attacked. And that's pretty good. Actually, maybe this should have two ratings. Because... Um, <laughs> All right, we're done talking about innovation. We're moving yeah. on. I'm moving the mouse. Uh, pageant. Pageante. Have you, have you spelled uh, it wrong. Oh, did I? There we go. I fixed oh. it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Our video listeners, thank you. Pageant is a $3 project. It says, at the end of your buy phase, you may pay $1 for plus one coffers. Uh, I gave this a 3 out of 10. And I think the uh, most prolific use of this is um, at the end of your buy phase, you uh, you retroactively spend a coffers so that you could pay it a dollar to get your coffers back, which is what nice. we did when we nice. were playtesting this. And I was like, oh, pageant's going to be really great on this board. And then we did that like six times over the course of the game. And I was like, oh, that was completely pointless. Pageant. Uh, so I actually also gave pageant to three. And nice, Profus yeah, that. Sh- that is as low as of a rating. The only other three I gave was to duck it. So that yeah, is, screw that card. Yeah, that's as low as I think the set goes. I, I mean, wanted to give duck it a three because I is, don't. Well, I mean, I guess I don't dislike it. Go ahead. Which is a good thing, right? I mean, I'm glad that there's nothing in the game in this set below a three. Yeah. yeah, so like that, that that means this is a good, well-balanced set. I think this is one of the weakest parts of it. The thing is, coffers are really good. Coffers are better than dollars by a lot. That's why Candlestick Maker is an okay card. But the thing is... That, <laughs> the thing is that, like, this really hurts your econ early on. Like, if you uh, spend the money on this, and then, I mean, it... it you know, you think about something like, I you guess, You could have gotten save. a silver instead of this. Yeah, you could compare it to save, which is a much more powerful and versatile effect. But, like, man, this is... The, you could have gotten a silver instead of this, but it, it really does hurt your econ to get the, the coffers from it. And later on in the game, at, at the point where you much more often have extra dollars that you're spending... I question whether or not you want to spend the time to then get this and then have this really mediocre effect for the rest of the game. Uh, this is great for big money, I guess. Yeah, it's really good if you need to smooth, and it's okay if you need to spike. Like, I could see you saving up for a big turn using this, but that... Man, I have to imagine that buying better cards for your deck is better than that. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. This is uh, below average. 3 out of 10. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, you did it. Uh, oh, pizza. <laughs> pizza. Uh, pizza. This is, this is what we called it all during playtesting. I never called it by its proper name. Oh, yeah. Pizza. So, uh, Pizza says uh, it's a $5 project, and at the start of your turn, reveal the top card of your deck, and if it's an action, play it. Yeah. So, uh, this is. I'm trying to whistle. <laughs> nice. So, uh, I think the the synergy between pizza and french fry is something that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about. Yeah, so the only decks that might not want to grab these are 
Like the, I mean, the, you you buy this, right? This is one of those cards that, like, what? I can't I can't imagine you don't get this. Really? Uh, no, like, un- unless no trashing, you don't get this, right? So if you are really, uh, actually, I think if there's no trashing, you still sometimes get it. Uh, like that's a hot take right there. There, either you're really action light, or you're playing big money and you don't care, or you have a bunch of actions that you don't want to necessarily play, like mandatory trashers. I think even then, though, like, the fact that you can spend $5 and then have this absurdly efficient deck control that goes off every turn, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, if there's no trashing, but, and you don't get a ton of actions, then no, you don't get this, but I think a lot of the, I I think the vast majority of games are going to buy this, and it's going to be very powerful. I think vast majority is pretty generous. I think if you have, like, the action density to get this to go off more than half the time, then, yeah, go for it. It's pretty fine. I think even half the time is fine. Maybe, I guess. Less than half. Uh, No. Okay. You (laughs) lost me there. No thank you. Uh, I think the hardest part about this is just remembering to do it. Yeah, that's an IRL thing. That was rough. Yeah, we we but, forgot that this existed so many games. Yeah, but like, just remember at the start of your turn, you just pizza, right? Yeah. It's fine. You, you pizza every turn. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you can eat pizza anytime. And then once you remember that, then you can just remember pizza every turn. And yeah. Everything's fine. I, I wrote down that I gave this a four, but uh, I'll give it a five. And... Five out of ten. This is a seven. Five out of ten. Pizza. This is above average. I don't like to ruin my pizza with toppings. Cheese pizza only. Please and thank you. All right, so next uh, we have Road Network. You want to read Road Network? It's a $5 project. It says, when another player gains a victory card, plus one card. Yeah, this one's weird. Four out of ten. I gave it a seven. (laughs) Good Uh, for you, man. So, like, I, again, I think that you'll notice that I have rated the projects higher than Adam, just in general. Because I think that, ab- in the abstract, projects are just really strong. Because you don't have to buy them. <laughs> but, the... Okay, so, why did you give this a four? I don't know. just didn't seem that fantastic. Dude. Okay. <laughs> Dude. Start of your turn. <laughs> start of your turn is the best time to draw cards, yeah? Yeah. But and, you don't get to decide that. But the... The greening phase of the game is now more interesting no matter what kind of board that you're playing. The only That's time true. the only time I think that you don't buy this is in one of two extreme cases. Either you have very reliable single game boards where you don't care about the extra draw because you are just buying a province and you are going to do that no matter what. Or B, there's like some game ending mega turn where one of you is gonna get like five provinces on your turn and effectively win the game. Yeah, but and if if you get a road network, you can be looking at a really big hand when the game ends. Yeah, right. So So that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean so like if you're looking at a mega turn board or you're looking at really efficient single game boards, then maybe you don't get the road network. Any other situation though, I think you get it. And I think it's really good. It helps your reliability and it helps your point ceiling. Point ceiling? Well, not point ceiling. It helps your uh your how many points you're going to score on any given turn. It helps you kick your deck off. Sure. It's five though. Four out of ten. Seven out of ten. <laughs> there you go. Oh, 
Oh, sewers. Where do we where do we do this? All right, sewers. Sewers is a pretty interesting one. Sewers says, uh, when you trash a card other than with this, you may trash a card from your hand. And the kicker is that it only costs three. So for $3, when you trash a card other than with this, you may trash a card from your hand. Give this a 7 out of 10, and I could be talked into 8. I gave it a 6. Basically the same thing. It turns bad trashers into good trashers. The end. I have nothing more to say about this card. I mean, it's like a trasher that you... um, This isn't going anywhere. It turns bad trashers into good trashers, yeah. Yeah, I did a great nice. job there, didn't I? Uh, we did a great job there. Yeah, nice. 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 <laughs> Silos, the $4 project, says at the start of your turn, discard any number of coppers revealed, and draw that many cards. What did I give this? I give it a 5? What was I smoking? This is like a 7. I gave a five. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, right? Yeah, I know. This is super great. Like, uh, it's it's churning, and at the beginning of the game, just churning past your coppers is usually really good. It, uh, I'm gonna usually. Yeah. The thing is, at the beginning of the game, copper is the best card in your deck. Like the. I mean, yes. no, I, I'm not talking about that what, beginning. I'm not going to open silos. Just what I mean a later. Okay? What I mean by that like turn is four or five. Sure, and like at that point when you have some other good cards that you want to be playing, it's fine. But like you could really be hurting your econ by cycling past your coppers like that, or churning past them, or whatever you want to call it. The idea that I mean, you you need to have a purpose when you buy this. Okay, and do that. Yeah, have a purpose. Have some card that you want to play. But if Seven that, out of ten. If that card isn't something like a trasher or maybe a traveler or something. Or a silver, yeah. Not a silver. But what do you mean? Because you discarded econ to get different econ. Yeah, and, and you get other cards. I think like that... more copper. I'm giving this a 5 out of 10. It is good when it's good, I guess. It's it's good when you have some... If you can trash estates, then copper is the worst card in your deck. Silos is amazing. Guess what helps you line up your trasher with the estates that you want to trash? Silver. Silver. I was just yeah, going to say okay. the same thing. So, Moving on. Um, Sinister Plot. Cost Sinister four. Sinister Plot. At the start of your turn, add a token here, or remove your tokens here for plus one card each. The most important thing about this card is that you need to remember to put your token there. <laughs> and in order to do that, you should be like holding the token in your hand when it's not your turn, so that the yeah. first thing you do is to put the token there. This is applies applying to IRL games. This expansion, as much as I love it, does have a lot of things that you can really easily forget to do. I remember when we had this problem with duration attacks, and then we realized it's up to the person who plays the attack to enforce that that attack actually happens, and that people don't forget it. And then everything was fine. And so, like, you just need a little mnemonic device about all of these things to remember to do stuff. Just like my pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening. Yeah. You thought I was kidding. What do you think I'm doing during your turn while you're playing 10,000 action cards? I'm singing the Bagel Bites song, so, Jake. Dominion. 
So the one for the mnemonic device you use for Sinister Plot to make sure you remember to do it is don't forget to do Sinister Plot. <laughs> you so, hold the token in your hand. The, uh, your yeah. So, yeah. the This only costs four. Obviously, I think it's pretty bad to open with it, but... I'm, I'm giving this a six out of ten. I put this down as a five. This is fantastic. You get it. It's, this is a seven. This I mean, is a seven. What was I thinking? The, did you mess with my document? I did, but okay. The, uh, All the, right. The only reason that I'm not on board with this being a seven is that it's pretty low impact in terms of what it does turn by turn. It do, it draws you half a card every turn. Obviously. That's the first thing everybody what? thinks when they... Yeah, it draws you half a card every turn. No, it draws you N minus one cards every turn, where N is the number of turns you take before you pick it up. It's the same as Native Village. Yeah, half a card. So you... <laughs> okay, I mean, half a card every turn. We're yeah. good. So, I mean, this is really good in those... During the greening phase, when you have uh, started to you know, hit eight, and then, you know, you, you hit seven instead of eight, and then you pop off and make sure you don't miss province. So that that's a pretty good situation uh, for it. That's one good situation for you. Yeah. I mean... There's not the only one. Like, this is good pretty much throughout the entire game. Right, and that comes down to projects in general. You just spend this $4 right off the bat, and then you have this persisting benefit that does something for you regardless of the cards that you do or don't draw so it's yeah. like a, it's like a free turn at least once because like at some point you're gonna dud and then you're just gonna have some tokens and then you don't dud anymore and you get a turn and like maybe without sinister plot you would have lost the game because you dudded but now you don't lose the game because you got this right you lose the game because you did something else that was stupid but exactly you it's not because you bought sinister plot That's right so, yeah uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give this a six uh you know what no I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Adam and give this a seven yeah we both like live tribal this <laughs> yeah we just made it a seven. Nice. Get it. <laughs> All right. That was a survivor reference. If anyone gets that, leave a comment in the comment section. All right. So we're to what I think is actually another yeah. candidate for most powerful card in the set. It's the last one alphabetically. Nice. Nice. Well, nice. project that is. Star chart. Star chart. It's a three dollar project. It says when you shuffle, you may pick one of the cards to go on top. And a little little rules thing with the new shuffly rules, uh, which I think are silly, but we are doing them anyway. If I have two cards left in my deck and I have a star chart and I'm deciding what to put on top, I don't get to look at those last two cards. So we all get to laugh at how bad I am at deck tracking. <laughs> That's the important thing. Yeah, and uh, I did laugh great. quite a few times. This uh, is really good. Yeah, no, this is insanely powerful. I mean, the... I can't idea. tell you how many times that like my opening buy has missed the shuffle, and I just get so salty. Well, like never again, Jake. The, never again. Yeah, you get the opposite effect of that. It's like you get the effect of having bought more of the card that you want to play in terms of just getting to play it more often. Like the fact that you get to play it, play a card of your choice at the top of every shuffle. This has compounding value throughout the game. At first. You're just top decking your opening buy, but as the game goes on, you have a more expensive card and you top deck that instead. So, yeah, this is one of the first four buys you make. I'm gonna say this is something. Yeah, I think it's, it's strange if you don't have this by turn four. Yeah, yeah. So this is probably a turn one or two buy, and 
quite if it's not turn one or two, if it's not turn three or four, you're probably misplaying. Like you're probably just not doing something that oh, you're that's, be doing. that's a bold statement. I'm standing by it. Like if you if you haven't wow. bought if you haven't bought Star Chart by turn five, you have probably made a mistake. Okay. You softened the language, you said probably I'm back on board. Yes. You definitely are playing badly if you haven't bought Star Chart by turn five. Oh come on, come on. Why don't you just go all the way? It's definitely correct to get one. <laughs> yes, it's correct to buy Star Trek. No, but, like, the thing is, you could harden the language, and, like, I'm still pretty much with you. Star Trek's really, really powerful. Oh, man. Jake, you just need to get burned, like, one time really good by saying <laughs> something like that. So, and then you'll be, like, jaded and grizzled like I am. That's true. Yeah. I don't want to be like Adam. No, but um, <laughs> everyone wants to be like me. Now I am really great. Here's the thing: <laughs> I am really, really upset about something about Star Chart, and that is a huge missed opportunity. On the table for Star Chart, we don't see the coins from Stash, and that just makes me sad every oh, time I look at it. That would have been so good. Yeah, this is the spiritual successor to Stash, which is a terrible card, they but this one's amazing. They even implemented it online. Jeez. Yeah. Sorry, I mean, I'm a little salty. Why don't they... <laughs> Adam, this is not the time. Um, <laughs> You're right. This is not the time. But yeah, I, I mean... this is seven, but it's an eight. This is a nine. This is, I mean, close to a ten, but it's a nine. Well, I mean... Wow, you wouldn't give this a 10. You don't even give Ambassador a 10. I don't. <laughs> yeah, leave a comment in the comment section there. Star Chart. It's good. 9 out of 10. It's good. 9 out of 10 for Star Chart? Yep. Sweet. Well, uh, this has gone on for a while. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, the Nocturne one did too. Yeah, this, yep. these uh, full set reviews just kind of. You had a lot, a lot to say. Time. Yeah. Uh, I had general. a moderate amount to say. Yeah. And uh, then I was, like, trying to make the baby not scream. The baby had a lot to and say. And also making a lot of smart owl comments. Yeah. We all have to do what we're best at. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I really like this set. I'm going to say that. I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah. yeah. I think it's pretty good. It's I pretty decent. Like, Empires is still my favorite, but this is definitely up there. Yeah. It's good. It's going to be pretty good. Yeah. I, uh, I like how it was... It's supposed to be, like, a sequel to guilds but it kind of feels like a sequel to dark ages in a lot of ways too uh sure it's got a lot of stuff that trashes and interacts with the trash everyone likes a good uh trash or yeah it's got a cultist. <laughs>